Hello and welcome to this week's Mad Axman podcast, number 18 in our lockdown series. Quite remarkable. This week, the Napoleonic Wars um, reached the end of the road in Moscow and nearly the end of the road for the series. Andy's quiz returns. We discuss the later Byzantine army. All sorts of options there to look at. And then we actually talk about some real world post-lockdown gaming. Indoors, outdoors and virtual. It's all happening on this week's podcast when the full gang of seven are back as well with all your usual painting chat, planning chat and all other sorts of rubbishy chat. So sit back, enjoy your painting, dip yourself in your wet palette and off you go with the podcast. This means war. Oh my God, it's week 18 of pseudo-lockdown as um, as lockdown kind of drifts apart around much of the civilised world and um, most of the southern half of England. So we have a full set of seven back again this week, first time in three weeks. So I'm sure that'll make things go much more smoothly and, and much easier, much less chance of interruptions. Now there's more people around the table uh, or around the Zoom screen. So diving straight in there with our traditional start or our new traditional start of answering questions we didn't really ask last week but asked the question for and tried to answer and I'll just go round um, starting with you Mr Saunders um, first question is what percentage prevalence would you say for French rugby shirts in 6th century AD Europe give me a percentage number what do you reckon oh, uh, uh, well from what I'm painting at the moment I'd say about 20% 20% Mr Webb what about you? You're um, you're a rugby well, you're a rugby 15. man. Fifteen. It has to be fifteen. Because it just has to be. Oh, fifteen percent. Okay, all right. Tamsin, your thoughts on um, rugby shirt fashion, sixth I'm century Europe. Le- I'm more league than union at its club level, so I'd say thirteen. Thirteen. All oh, right, thirteen percent. Mister Lee Ray Mayer, go to give us your gold and, and green sort of stuff. Sixty percent. Sixty percent. Everyone's wearing a rugby shirt. Adam, other, um, I imagine, other than the Italians. Other than the Italians. I imagine um, your son is probably like captain of the rugby team as well as all these other sports. Um, what, what's your rugby rugby jersey percentage for Western Europe in the 6th century AD? percent. What ill? And Mr. Finkel, um, pick a number, pick a percentage. 10. 10. Straight in there, no, 10. I imagine, I imagine most... Most self-respecting um, hairy barbarians wouldn't be seen dead wearing a rugby shirt, especially if it's a French one. No, I guess not. I guess not. Excellent. Um, next question up would be, um, ooh, interesting question. Um, is it ever fair to let your kids play with your best toys? Peter, straight to you. Easy answer. Yes. Yes, you've changed your mind since last week then. No, I didn't say with best toys. Oh, right. I'll let them play with the best toys. I won't let them play with my knights. All right, the effective <laughs> ones. Okay. Them with me. But no, best, no they, best... they play with it. We, we've right. uh, had a couple of games back and forth. He's, he's played with the best toys. Right. Adam, what about you in, in terms of the parenting around the table? Christ, no. It's, they're allowed to look at them, but it's like <laughs> if they want to actually play with them, they say things like, is it okay if I pick it up, Daddy? And I say, as long as you're careful, when they're very, very respectful. That got... That got taught to them at a very young age. Very, very young age. All right. Anybody else? Anybody got any strong opinions on this? Uh, a Saunders? Definitely not. You know, no, you're, no. There's a, a Lee Ray Mayer saying no. A Saunders? No children. No children. What about your flatmate? Would you ever let her um, pick up your toys, so to speak? Uh, no, she doesn't. She's not really that bothered by it, though, I think. Right. Fantastic. 
Tamsin, what about you? Do, no do others? No, no kids, no, nobody touching the toys. And Mr. Uh, Mr. Finkel, what about you? Family members, yeah. all the rest of it? Yeah, my son, my son used to play um, Warhammer and stuff like that. He's more into the fantasy side of things and historical, but uh, we did play some games. He's, um, he's the one that got me into War Master, the fantasy version, and he's a very okay. good painter when he bothers, but he's interested in other things now. Right, okay then. And then um, finally, we will say, what's the best paint um, of the Valier ranges? And we're comparing their urban graffiti concrete paint to their tartan. Um, who uses the tartan? Who uses the concrete? Um, Mr. Mr. Lee Ray Mayer. I use neither, but I'd go tartan just because it sounds cool. Just sounds good. Saunders, have you ever used tartan paint? No, I, I would definitely be a concrete, being in a 60s, mid-century modernist. So uh, <laughs> I would definitely go for concrete. Okay. Adam, what's your, what's your thought? Tartan paint, big thing for you or concrete paint? I, I don't know. You just don't know? Fine, we'll move along. Tamsin, <laughs> which one? No, you, you obviously make up your own and do it much better, I imagine, just, just yeah. make it out of small bits of um, you know, things you've collected in the woodlands. Um, Peter, what, what about you? It would have to be tartan paint, uh, because I've painted a couple of uh, Gaelic armies, and you've got to get that whole plaid going and everything else. If you can just do that with a big brush, that's all good. And um, Andy, what about you then? Gold spray. Oh, definitely tartan. We've had holidays up in Scotland. We're big fans of a Scottish band, which no longer, they retired a few years ago. So it has to be uh, tartan. Tartan, straight out the bottom. Sorry, straight out the bottle. Always best one. Fantastic. So Absolutely. in terms of what have, um, next up is obviously what have we been painting this week? So again, if, you know, if I pick on the people who are literally painting as we speak, which is is almost most people, um, I'll start with Adam. Um, what's what's your week in painting? So you, you missed out on um, the podcast last week, which works out quite well because I've just spent um, two weeks. I was started started painting uh, twenty four Roman exilia, oh, and yes. they're kind, they're kind of done. I'm just doing the um, bronze bit around the shields. Mm. Um, around the edge of the shields and the only thing that's yet, yet to do is the shield patterns and I've spent ages humming and hurrying thinking am I going to buy Little Big Man because mm. for what they are they are just annoyingly expensive um, and in the end I went oh, yeah alright then for the Romans I will but as I carry on doing 25 mil I'm not going to buy it, buy it for everything But so I put in an order and that, that, that will be thudding uh, through my letterbox probably in the next few days so um, the transfers are going to be put on and um, based and kind of done. Question. Yeah. Little Big Man Studios. What I'm planning on doing is the shields, I, I haven't put onto the figures yet. It's made them so much easier to paint. Mm. And I undercoated the shields white because I was yeah. thinking putting the yep. things Absolutely. on, uh, yep. stickers on stop, that's be better. Then I was thinking, because um, I've already put the um, slop, the um, painted slop onto the figures. Mm. But um, no, I don't want to put it on the uh, transfers, do I? No. Um, what, what you need what on, I was planning, yeah go on what I was planning to do is just put them on and then I've got some sort of paint on gloss varnish I was going to put that on to sort of like give it a seal spray and gloss then varnish do, would be better sorry spray gloss varnish would be better for that I know but I don't want to because yeah. I'm going to oh I suppose I could spray it before well, the, um, I, I find the best secret is to do white base coat then yep. gloss varnish 
then the transfer, then another coat of gloss varnish. So it's sealed between two coats and then the mat. Oh, okay, so I put varnish on first. Interesting. You do gloss varnish. And then baby champ. Yeah, and baby champ. Because there's, um, there's, a, there's an actual technical answer about gloss varnish is, a, is a literally a smooth surface, which is why it's slightly shiny. But matte varnish is on kind of a micro level, um, kind of bumpy, which is why the light mm. doesn't reflect back off it. So you actually get less air bubbles and things on matte varnish, or so people who are better at this stuff on than gloss, me say. Sorry, yeah. So you get less less air bubbles on gloss varnish and more air bubbles under matte varnish. When you're paying, you know, thirty quid a transfer or whatever it is, um, it, it's it just doesn't. It, it's worth actually doing it. So it adds an extra step to it. But you seal the shield transfer in and then do matte varnish on top. So that's my um, my handy tip of the day. To make your yeah, no, that makes investment better. It's it, I'll probably go out and buy the um, glass varnish. Um, also, health is clear lacquer. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think I'll go can actually. It was handy. Um, and how? Because the other thing I was saying, because it is the little big man studio stickers transfers for this company shields for Vitrix. They do it for Vitrix. Yeah. So how much of a perfect fit are they, or am I going to have to sort of like? colour in the blue bits around the edges you will well if, yeah, well, if it's anything bit. like the um the ones in for war and empire you they, they're not entirely they're not all a perfect fit okay There's so i'm gonna have to touching up yeah match you, you might have to touch around the edges a bit and paint going on top of gloss varnish is that kind of okay or because that's yes, fine a not a problem okay yeah. you're not doing much of it at all really not doing much of it just getting a pretty close color match and, um, and and filling it in, but otherwise you'll end up with a little white line just inside your um, black sort of silvery line. Okay, but on on, on the whole, it's like 24, 28 mil figures in two weeks where I haven't been trying that hard. I'm yeah. very, very pleased with. No, that's yeah. good. Okay. Uh, so what have I, I, what have I been, you're posing that for? Is it FOG or uh, ADLG rather? ADLG, yeah. Um, so, because it's like, and I'm going to do the double size bases so that each base can look um, interesting as opposed to because old old fashioned toy soldiers they would have all been standing there holding a spear, yeah, whereas yeah. now they're going to be sort of like some are going to be break dancing, some are going to be throwing yeah. spears, some are going to be giving it stabby stabby. So it's it's all the ADLG sort of double base thing is big enough to make it kind of yeah, interesting. You can have some fun with it. You can yeah. get a little wedge going of them as well. You know, base base some of them in a wedge if they're attacking properly. That's yeah, exactly do. that. That sort of thing. It's like it's one might need, have a bit of a shield wall going you know, on, another one with a wedge. Sorry, it's in the um, you you got it, didn't you, Tim? In Spain, the the um, where they do the shield wall thing. Um, oh, the fifteen. Testudo. Yeah, that's fifteen mil testudo, yeah. isn't it? As a single piece. Yeah, yeah. That's Spanish coming. You can't get, can get twenty five mil testudos. I think. Yeah, I think they have. I'm trying to think who does it. Uh, first I think it was court. Warlord, wasn't it? Yeah. First call do, do something. First core as well, okay, in metal. Yeah, but you could do a cross section of one, so not like too fully, fully out. So you could actually have um, them sort of built out just as something different um, for the heavies. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got first, first core one might be resin rather than metal. Okay, mm. so they do produce a fair bit of yeah. resin as well. Okay. It's just if you're going to all that trouble on doing nice shields and that, you might as well actually show them all up. Well, I've got I've got two bags of the Vitrix Roman um, attacking thing because I, I wanted my Roman legionaries to look like they were getting stuck in. I'm not I'm not into this idea of all the sort of like Romans lined up in the shield wall. It's like I want yeah. them to look like they're sort of like giving it the stabby action to the barbarians. 
they're not marching to battle they're in battle as you speak yeah all right going, going around the houses mr simon what about you i've um finished off this week um four pocket shot units for adlg renaissance so i've done the four uh, swedish salvo guys and they've just been met varnished hang on wow just as we speak on those <coughs> 80 by 40s yeah yeah these okay. are the 80 by 40s so yep. with all official Swedish banners, which are all heavy metal bands. Um, ah, the death metal, yeah. Yep, and I've done them all in the um, as the, the, the yellow brigade. So they're, they're, they are the elite salvo. So all the soldiers have got yellow uh, uniforms. So they'll, they'll look quite different to the rest of the troops. And they've all got um, little cute QRF regimental guns. Oh, like, very dinky. Super yeah, dinky. So you fit yeah. them on the actual base then? It's not a marker. Yeah, so... No, so I'm actually going to make them as an integral part of the base. So uh, mm. it's going to be um, pike, mus uh, pike, and, uh, pike muskets. Um, I've also got some commanders, drummers, and the regimental guns. So they're going to be very tight, um, but it should look proper. Okay, and that's and that's with the QRF figures as well, was it? That's, the, um, yeah, that's, that's all QRF. So the Pike mm. Museum, because I had them from their sale in January, but all the musket are from the 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 range that I bought just during lockdown and um, they come out quite nice. So I've got some with the um, holding, where they've got the musket the holding um, on the, on yeah, the rest. Okay. And some also slightly pointing up. So I get that uh, idea of the two rows starting to fire together. And then um, got a few, a few sergeants with, you know, big, uh, big axes and that just to motivate, motivate people. So look really good. Okay. And do they, and um, just, do they scale up or rank up? compared to the museum pikemen because museum guys are sometimes a bit tall aren't they compared to they're, they're veering towards it so the, the, shooters, got here, the shooters match the pikemen yeah yeah so we've got what we've got here is uh one of the a museum pike on the 45 degree yeah and then right next to it is the sergeant the sergeant's a little bit smaller so you can almost think it you know the pikemen okay. are six foot and all the management are about five foot eight five foot seven so a bit, bit shorter okay. but you give the big guy the big stick yeah and that kind of works yeah, and then I'm just finishing off one of the Warlords, um, Warlord Games, Prince Rupert, 25mm Renaissance Generals. Wow. Because it's, it's a nice figure and it um, looks really good. So this, I'm going to make this up as a strategist for a Renaissance army. He's got his little dog. I got the poodle. We have Yay! poodle. Hey, Prince Rupert's poodle. Fantastic. So, um, Simon, sorry, important question. Um, yep. The uh, banners you've done of Swedish rock and roll bands, Yep, one of them is the hives, isn't it? No, it's all um, all sabaton and. All oh, right, it's even heavier than the hives. It's like proper, yeah, yeah, yeah. proper death metal. I'm a proper, stuff. I'm a, I'm a proper heavy power power heavy metal fan. So, um, yeah. The hives are light and frothy compared to that, for sure. Yeah, I know, um, but they're still cool and stylish. They're still the hives, aren't they? All right, um, Tamsin, what have you been um, up up to this week? Um, it's a, Again, we were talking about your fantastic buildings and concrete last time. So what's, um, yeah. what's made it through this week? Well, so some more scattered terrain for Judge Dredd, so various bits and another building. So and yet another one. Yeah. Well, that's lovely. Little vending machines, phones. And, another and, build and as I say, another building. So that's third proper building, I four if you count the burger <laughs> still. Hmm. The Speedy Mart and um, yeah. yeah, posters and things like oh, the roof comes off and you've got um, you've got some slightly empty shelves. You're not going to tell me that you're going to start making 
twenty third century, you know. Oh, um, no, I'm not making. I'm not making up making up twenty first century shopping utilities century or whatever. Yeah, cans whatever and whatever and no cereal boxes. So no, no, not that. Are, are, are the seats all two meters apart? <laughs> no, I suppose I it's interesting. It actually. <laughs> it's interesting that Scale you've down got. Um, oh, excuse me, I'm opening another beer here. That you've got. Um, you've got phone boxes there by the looks of it which must yeah. i guess date judge dread from being started from an era where they thought the future was one that wouldn't have mobile phones for everybody that's quite an yeah. interesting kind of concept so they still still knock those out then wow are they all mdf or are they more of the resin stuff um all of it all of the scattered terrain is resin okay is that more uh, so casting makes of antinocity's workshop and tt combat okay i've uh, Sort of the paving slab plinths that the phone boxes and yeah. newspaper vending machines and so on are on RMDF. But God, imagine a future in which there's both phone boxes and newspapers. That's suddenly kind of hard to do now, isn't yeah. it? It's kind of weird. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and, and people recycling bottles as well. People have given up on that a long time since. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And we, you said, I think you were looking at possibly starting some figures this week as well. Did they not quite Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple on the table at the moment. Okay. Uh, so should finish those in the next couple of days. That's a couple of graph surfers and a biker. Okay. All right. Mr. Saunders, you were, um, I think, waving Breton jerseys at us aggressively yes. earlier on. You talk about rugby shirts. So I've been mm. painting rugby shirts. Yeah, because so, last, um, week, last week you were telling us that you were a bit disturbed that your irregular warband looked like an irregular warband. Yeah, um, so I've cut them from eight base figures to a base to seven. Okay. And I've done sort of like two at the back. Okay, so it's a little pseudo wedgy sort of thing. So they're sort of like wedgy, yes. They're wedge-like. Yeah. And I think they look good. They look much better like that than the ones yeah. I was doing. So um, now I've hit on a system i've got a bit mad i've done 12 bases of warband wow well i guess if you're putting less on a base you can even do more bases yeah so, well, then now now i i mean i've basically paint i've, I've done four bags so hmm. far and hmm. i reckon i've got 14 bases out of that and that right. still leaves me about one two three four five bags of warbands left so, so you could do like nearly bit. 30 bases then. <laughs> well, I've decided I'm going to turn it into two armies. I think that's probably Are you now idea. using your wet palette? Uh, the wet palette is still to be perfected. Right. I've given it a go. Um, I can see the point of it, but I think I need to... Uh, basically, I've ended up with a, lot, a wet, soggy load of paint, which is all mixed together. Right. It's all, it's all so running, running sounds like together. Too much, to sounds that. like too much water in. Yeah. I, I think this is a long-term learning project. Yeah, I, I did actually have a look on um, Amazon and kind of, it's bizarre because it's basically, it's a box with some two bits of paper in it really, isn't it? But there seems, yeah. but there seem to be all sorts of reviews on Amazon where people have really strong opinions about them. And then you, end up, sucked, then you end up get suckered into the reviews and go, oh, should I buy something that's a plastic box that's people? And then you look at them and like the ones that people like are about 25 quid. And I'm just going, it's a plastic box. Yeah. Well, what's what's yeah, going on? You can, you can try it out. Just having an empty sort of like margarine tub yeah. uh, cleaned out, of course. Um, yeah. It's just the, the, the reason for the boxes and that, it just makes it a little bit easier. But if you've got, say, a flat tub or, where, or something like that, 
you can try it out simply uh, yeah. with some blotting paper and then the baking pa paper over the top. And paper, yeah. simple, especially when it's warm like this. You know, yeah. you, your paint dries up very quickly. You're going to waste paint. Once you get the hang of it, you, you don't need to have it sopping. You just have it damp, and that dampness mm. allows it to uh, the paint just to stay stay fluid that bit longer. Yeah. So, so is this something so, you use all the time then, Peter? Um, I I used to use it a lot more. Um, you know, with COVID and everything else, I've had to give up my desk where I've got some of my painting and that. So I'm, mm. I'm a lot more compact now. Well, um, I'm the NHS when, using it as a Nightingale Hospital or something. You've not got patients uh, laid down out. Down the road they are, yes, funnily enough. Mm. Um, right. But, um, <laughs> but the... If you were painting 25mm figures, then the wet palette would make sense. Because yeah, you'd well, be putting a lot more paint onto the wet palettes. And when when I was painting my Britons, um, because they they were doing multicolors and I was doing the stripey stuff and everything else, um, it was great having a wet palette because I could go in between the different colors. Um, and I've used it on a couple of other armies as well. Um, it was like some of the medieval ones where um, you're just using it in dibs and dabs and different colors, and you want to have that variety. Um, but you don't want to, you know, be putting a load of, you know, especially Vario, you squeeze a bit out and then you, you feel like you're wasting it. You can actually have a whole selection uh, to do a variety of colours as you're going across it. And that's what I appreciated and enjoyed with it. I mean, I know people like Tasman a lot better with uh, sort of mixing colours and shading and things like that. I I'm lucky if I get the paint in the right place and not all over me. So, you know, for me, it's fantastic. Yeah. So is it, is it important that they whatever sort of pot you use seals up airtight is that or do they hold um, the stuff well, anyway the, the reason for that is that you can actually you know if you want to have a break go for lunch you can seal it up go mm. for lunch you come back open it up again it's all still fresh it hasn't dried out at all that, that's yeah. the whole idea of it so you can you know when i was using it a lot and i got got it sort of like you know the nice balance and everything else I could close it up, come back two days later, and it's like I'd only just um, squeeze the paint out. Okay. Um, and you're not then watering the paint down again by uh, adding more water to keep it fluid, so you're getting the same consistency. So you can still have that high pigmentation level without watering mm. it down and without it drying out straight away. So, um, you know, I'm talking myself into getting back into it. Yeah. It's just getting around to it. But would you would you pay 20-odd quid for one, though, or would you just go, no, margarine, there's uh, a limit? I found one for six pounds um right. it was perfectly nice um it yeah, was I've, I've, I've the artist brand ones uh, yeah are probably cheaper than the modeling company ones right yeah. okay can i just add a reasonable but contrarian voice here it all sounds like a lot of poncing around for like very marginal <laughs> gains to be perfectly honest yeah I'm, I'm with and I, when I was painting my my Swiss 15 millimeter Swiss Army fog several years ago, I, I was use, using it. It made me a better painter for for me because it stopped me being lazy. Because I, you know, when I've got you know to get out another half dozen colours and everything else, um, it was nice. Uh, like doing the Arab Army, um, I did. You know, using the inks and using different colours and that. It just meant. I put more variety into it as opposed to just going, well, I've already got this color out. I'll just use this one. Um, so from that aspect, I quite liked it. Um, I don't know. It's each their own. Um, I quite enjoyed it. It worked out for me, but still I'm not using it at the moment. I've got a normal palette because I just haven't got the time and space. 
Yeah, I, I must admit, I'm, the thing I'm finding at the moment, that point you made, Peter, that paint dries up so quickly in, in this weather yeah. that it's just disappearing. You know, I, I end up with a, a little bit of spare MDF that, that ends up being kind of sort of a mountain of paint yeah. over the years that um, I, I use. And you're just so conscious that that's a lot of paint that you've wasted. Um, yeah. and, and then you get to the bottom of a jar that will bottle that much earlier and run out and then you have to wait three days to get it through on Amazon or whatever. So, so I, I'm just tempted by the idea, but, but I think maybe Tamsin, your point is actually, yeah, you don't actually need to get a good one because it's going to be oh, no. a while. You could just spend a you few quid on yeah, it. Yeah, you don't need to get either no. Army Painter or no. Red Cross Games ones or Francis mm. Press ones. Just get Just give a, it a go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just go to an art shop. Go to an art shop. Yeah. And you should find one there. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Uh, that's why I did. Just um, I think I spent six pounds on it. Um, wow. You know, normal art shop one. You know, they're they're prevalent over there because when you're using watercolors and the water-based paints, um, as you do painting normally, yeah. uh, pictures such like you're going and you wanted to mix and blend the colors more. So that mm. was the key reason why you had the wet palettes mm. to be able to do the blending without it drying out because if you've right. got that perfect blend and you can do the, the shading layers so that's mm. when i used it originally a number of years back before i was back to painting miniatures so okay in, in your watercolor period when you were doing the... well it was a uh, water-based stuff right that was okay. good so i went back to miniatures right <laughs> <laughs> i just i can imagine the whole set of like badly painted pictures of badgers hanging on your wall or something uh, it was a polar bear oh polar bear right okay then. Yeah. and, and andy <laughs> Andy, what about you this week? What have you been painting? Uh, well, I finished off the um, Breton Cavalry, all 12 figures, mm. and I'm now painting Carthaginian elephants. Um, the only valuable tip I've picked up is obviously to use a big brush, but yeah. uh, apart from that, I'm kind of making it up to go along. So, Got any advice from painting an elephant? Use a big brush. <laughs> well, in hindsight, it was a bloody stupid question. So I right. it. <laughs> yeah, that's the answer you do deserve for that one, isn't it, really? Um, so, um, was that, did you manage to well, find a way to, to use your Dremel? Did you manage to find a way I, to use your Dremel on the elephants? Uh, not the elephants. They didn't need. They didn't need Dremeling. But um, I, I did a bit of an experiment at the weekend. I found when I finished tidying up my, my wargaming cupboard a few days ago, I found some of the old war, the other old Warmaster army I did. So what I've done mm -hmm. is. I, gave, I, I tried a trial game of ADLG with it on 40 mil square bases. And in the course of that, I found a dragon, which had, the wings had come off. So I used a Dremel to drill holes and stick a little bit of metal in there to stick the wings back on. So, look, so I, I did do a bit of drilling. Brilliant. I, I knew that as soon as you got it, you know, you, that you just start looking around everything you own and go, what can I drill a hole in here? <laughs> It's just like, you can't resist, can you? It's just like, you'll you get through that phase eventually, but we've all done it. Just like, could I, could I improve this by drilling a hole in it in some way at all? But yeah, so, so pinning yeah. things together is a good one. Yeah, drilling the muzzles of gun barrels. And what's the... No, um, no I messed that up. No. And what's, the, um, what's the make of the elephant? Metal. Which, which... Uh, it, um, War and Empire. Carl oh, right, okay. Still sticking with their Carthaginians. Um, I'll here if you want to have a look at it, but... A more serious question on painting the elephant as well. What colour are you painting? And I know the obvious answer is grey, but painting elephants I always find interesting because the correct answer of what colour is an elephant is really the colour of the last colour of mud it rolled in. 
but you've kind of got to paint it grey, otherwise it doesn't look like an elephant. So yeah. how are you getting, what, what are you I going think, with the colour? I think we had a whole discussion about this a few weeks. Yeah. Oh, I'm that, deja vu. that was a, a unique conversation that went on. Yeah, these oh. elephants remember that. Little khaki oh. colour. Right. Uh, these are North African, not, not um, uh, Indian elephants. That's almost okay. an entire podcast in itself. Elephant. The Carthaginian elephants were uh, North African dwarf uh, elephants. Jungle elephants, and they're extinct now. Yes, but we still don't oh, know what colours colours they were. Exactly. They might have had glorious Don't plumage or something like that. They're all they probably killed done. by their owners. They they yes, they could have been painted in all the historical they documents. We may never know. Yeah, maybe they should have had a Valaheo reference like tattooed on the sides or something. It'll be um, get all those Valaheo special kits for elephant yes. painting. Yes, indeed. With yeah. ten paints. Yeah, well, I think from from my point of view, this week has been been one of snipping and gluing. I've been using the the famous um frame plastic snipping piece. or snipping 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 um, right. snipping stuff off the sprue and um i've done i think i'm really slightly horrified to think i think it's about 60 cavalry um in 28 mil plastic so um so i've got about 60 horses i've left the other guys on the sprue the, the riders and stuff because i just thought once you start realizing how many horses there are and how much i dislike painting horses still I thought I'll actually try the same technique for the 20, 28s as I did for the Hungarians and, um, and do the horses first so that I'm forced to get them out of the way and try and do it with layers of different ink on sort of darker on the bottom, bottom of the horses. So, so I made um, 60 horses and then I filled the gaps in them with um, polyfiller, um, which I, I kind of water down quite a lot and then sort of paint it because all those gripping beast and, I think these are Fireforge horses as well. They don't quite fit together. They're nearly good, but there's just little little bits. So so what I do is I, I paint them with polyfiller, wet wet polyfiller, and then when that's dried, because it dries really quickly, you can kind of rub the stuff off so it flattens out the um, the join lines. And then uh, because the weekend was quite decent, I managed to get them outside and and sprayed uh, probably about. 85% of them white so that I can do them in, in different types of browns and duns and things like that. And then the other sort of 10, 15% black, which includes a few which are fully barded, the new gripping beast goth cavalry horses, which are fully barded. So some of them will have metal barding and some of them will have painted colored barding, which I use for the Arab sort of, you know, elite cavalry where they've got bows or, or lances or something like that. But but it's still, um, you know, I was looking at the infantry. I've only got um, one pack of the infantry and then a few odds and sods of, of metal ones. And um, today I was just suddenly thinking, actually, I should get some more infantry because once you start thinking about a few spearmen and the rest of it, that, that 40 or 50 infantry disappears quite quickly. And, and I had a look online at some of the, the other metal figures just to mix them up. And the price of metal stuff is just completely random. It, it just makes no sense. I, I was looking at, um, at some, what, what's it called? Um, <coughs> footsore, the footsore Arabs, because the, the footsore troops are really nice and they look quite like the gripping beast plastics. They're quite simple figures, um, but, but nicely proportioned. But they are now nine quid for four. 
um, which is a big number. And, and I thought, surely they're not all that, because I have bought some of these things in the past. And then it, you, you've got a range. You've got nine quid for four from um, Footsore. You've got 750 for four from, I think, Artisan, which is a North Star brand. Um, I think you've got, what is it? Six for, or eight for 12 quid from um, Foundry, if they do a few, a handful of Arabs and some of their other ranges. And then Perry, which are obviously really nice metal figures, are six for £7.50. So going from four for nine quid to six for £7.50 is just completely weird. I don't know whether the price of metal's gone up and the Perry's haven't adjusted their prices yet or whether Footsaw are, are just, you know, somehow got very expensive. But I've, I've bought Footsaw stuff in the past in army packs and I don't remember it being that crazy. Um, but it's just a, a bonkers amount. You kind of think the, the thing yeah, is, 44, 44 plastic figures for 22 quid or 22 quid for 10. That's a huge change. Maybe the, the, the um, figures have really come on now as well. Yeah, does it, I'm just looking at Footsaw. Why I mean, would you? That was, that was the guard infantry that were nine, nine quid for four. The yeah. others were seven quid for four. Oh, right. Okay. Maybe I just saw some of that. So, so seven quid yeah. for four is still two quid a foot figure, though, which, yeah. um, or nearly, which is. But when you get 50. plastic figures now, it's a basis of about a pound each for plastic figures on a yeah. screw. Well, 50p, 50p from um, the, the Gripping Beast Arabs, you get 44 for 20 quid. I wanted to get some uh, metal um, cavalry knight stuff for, um, I discovered one that I had nearly enough 25 mil figures for an English feudal army. So hmm. I wanted to get some knight figures. And I've seen the Conquest. I've got a pack of like feudal knights and they thought they yeah. were quite nice. I haven't bought yeah. them, but just thought they might be the right ones. Yeah, that's kind of 12. Yeah, I've Conquest games. But... I conquest games uh, not do do make nice miniatures. Yeah, is the kind of twenty twenty quid type bracket for? That's yeah. for the dozen dozen plastic ones, isn't it? I think. Um, yeah, that's the number. Yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got their Norman knights. I think it might be more than a flimsy. dozen in a box from Conquest. Really? Okay. That's usually. I think a dozen it might be cover. fifteen. Okay, that might make a difference then. But but yeah, so I'm going to have to steal myself to do that and then um then the other thing i I bought a um one 250th scale i think it's 250 scale village made out of card to buy some sort of weird german company i bought off ebay because i was thinking for my 10 mil napoleonics i want a slightly smaller scale buildings than the infantry and um so i've been starting to glue together these card based buildings but um is that one working so there's a little kind of tiny house here that, that looks all right, actually. It's, um, and, and I think for about 20 quid, I've just got a whole town with walls and things. Um, it's a bit of a bugger to put together unless you're, um, you know, a German who this is your hobby and you've got a very, very careful craft knife and a lot of patience. But, um, but they're okay, actually, and that you can toss them around and, you know, I might stick them on bases, I might not, but, but it's just something for those little towns for... Um, for, for some napoleonic stuff when i when i actually get around to putting that on the table so yeah, so that, yeah the stone granary remember that's the one you want the st yeah i'll have to look out for that particular one i think i got a kind of medieval town set with just stacks of them yeah, that and i bet somebody uh, does a stone granary of Essling at 10 mil and, um, and, 
So I think when I make some of these things, the only thing is I, I keep looking at and thinking they look like the little boxes that you get the tiny smarties in. So um, maybe I'm going to have to do them so you can kind of flip up the roof and just use smarties for ballast or something like that. And, um, <laughs> smarties them. Then, yeah. then you've got the incentive to capture them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you win them, you can tap out some of those mini smarties or something like that. This means war. So look, with painting receding into the distance, um, it's a question of what we actually do with these figures. And, and a quick um, run around, or, or do with the figures virtually through Tabletop Simulator now as well. So if, I'm, if I start sort of top right, Mr. Saunders, have you, have you managed to get um, online or, or, or playing at all this week? Yes. I played Andy yesterday. Yeah. Again. Mm -hmm. And we had a practice for, uh, camp for uh, Warfare, which okay. is a competition where you've got to have <clears throat> two compulsory elephants mm. and I walloped Andy right I lost, I lost eight points oh, yeah, I didn't do that well yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what were the armies what were the armies shite <laughs> yeah. but I think we still, there's still some things with TTS tabletop simulator which I need we keep bumping into terrain so I need some advice on that Okay. We need to make the terrain flat and things because they seem to fall over. We had elephants spinning over, up and down, mm. round and, and round. Field, we couldn't work out how to keep keep the elephants flipping over on the field. Yeah, yeah some know, of those but, fields but, have got a lot of texture. I've got a, I've got a, I've got my first international game lined up for Thursday. So I'm playing a very nice guy called Dave Ray that Andy Finkel's plays. He, he's in America. He's in Wisconsin. So I'm playing him. I've yeah. had a conversation with him. He knows all the American guys we know. Yeah. There's Mark Bateau and Dan Hazelwood. So that's fun, you know. So I'm, I'm quite enjoying nice. that. Yeah. Isn't Wisconsin the home of, of American cheese or something? You need to watch out for some of these cheesy moves. that Jack? Whatever it's called. Possibly Jack. I think there's a lot Jack of cheese in Wisconsin. I thought it was Philadelphia. Oh, soft answer. Um, Right. So, so that's that one. All right. And um, so, what was what were the two armies in the game that you played, Dave? So I was using Hindu Indian, and I can't remember what Andy was using. Andy was using oh, he's using Seleucids with um, he had mediocre Lady elephants, and his mediocre elephants were facing my elite um, elephants with embedded generals, which wasn't a good mix. That makes quite. You also had, um, and what I liked about your Indian army is you had. Uh, the Rajputs who dismounted and suddenly became uber hard infantry. Yeah, they're actually, it's, 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 well, I'm giving away too much here for uh, yeah. warfare, I think. Oh, yeah. No, no one, no one will remember. Well, I think in, in, in an elephant competition, the Hindu army is good because, you know, you can put down, you've, you've, got, four, you've got four elite heavy cavalry impetuous which if you put them down and they're not facing elephants, that's great. But if you do face elephants, you can turn them, you can dismount them and turn them into medium foot, elite, impetuous with armor. Um, and they're actually better dismounted than they are on their horses, <laughs> I think. Yeah, no, I, I wonder if Especially that's one with of the things they general in one of them, who's just absolutely brilliant. He kills yeah, everything. I wonder if that's one of the things they're going to um, 
pick up on in the next iteration of the rules. I think dismounted troops who are better than than anybody else who's dismounted is probably a bit of a flaw. Something. So Andy, were you using um, were you using a kind of a Rafa-esque Seleucid army? Did it did it just not work? Or well, to get two elephants in it, I thought I needed to go for sort of the later version with the with the um, Argoaspirates, the the imitation legionaries. Hmm. And your elephants are now mediocre, and you've got one proper cavalry. You can have the Galatian elite cavalry, and I had three cataphracts, and I had a heavy infantry centre of um, two pikes and three of these uh, armoured legionary oh. type guys, and then um, my, my Death Star was. Um, Two mediocre elephants, two light foot, one Thracian, one javelin man, and I think a bowman. Yeah, that, that sounds like you took a spoon to an elephant fight, really. I'm not I'm I'm already struggling to think if there's gonna be more elephants around, you're not wanting cataphracts and you're not wanting armoured Argiaspids, really. Um, because that um, neither of them are gonna be great against yeah, no, them. In hindsight, in hindsight, I thought that um, the Carthaginians would actually work better and they've got medium impetuous infantry. So I thought that might actually be a better, might yeah. work better against um, elephant armies. Yeah, you can just throw it at the swordsmen who sit between the elephants and hope that the Carthaginian, well, the, the Gallic warriors just burst their way through, overrun the swordsmen in a mad hairy yeah. charge. Yeah. Okay. That's... So, Andy, have you played any other games? You're normally king of tabletop simulator. Uh, well, I played Dave Ray last Wednesday. Um, we, we were using Nicophorian, was, was Nicophor, and I was using Normans. Mm-hmm. Um, I went for a Normans in Italy type style army with an Arab ally, uh, thinking, well, I'll get lots of impact mounted horse people ganging up on his um, impact cavalry. Um, and he just shot the hell out of me. I, 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 I did do a full badger on him and charge him with six impetuous medium knights, but um, yeah. he got out of the way. Wow. They just shot you down. It didn't work. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I mean, some of my die rolling was pretty horrendous, but then I was I was overdue a kicking from the dice gods anyway. Uh, yeah. After one or two previous games from him, so we're having a, we're having another go this week, and I'm going to see if I can do any better with the same army. Okay, now I, I do remember the last couple of weeks you've been telling us how um, tabletop simulator seems to suit you, and you do very well. So, so two crushing losses in the same week is um is a, is a good <laughs> bit of the old central London reset button, I guess, by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, a dose of reality. <laughs> yes, a dose of reality. Yeah. Which is which is always a good thing. Peter, what what about you? Any um any intra intramural intra family games this week? Um, just a couple of practice skirmishes. I haven't had a lot of time this week um, for work and other bits and pieces. So uh, we just had a, a couple of practice things uh, trying out a couple of items. So nothing on the same stage as before. Uh, we had a lot of fun playing a few other games, and uh, we're due to play a few more this weekend. This is all um all ancients on, on tabletop or any other games or? Um well ancients um my son's trying to get me into a couple of computer games at the moment but uh, right um all tabletop stuff at the moment okay. um you know, actual on the table using ancients pushing stuff around um I think he's still trying to make the Vikings work so uh, we've had a couple of conversations about it so how he's going to change the commands and how he might mix it up a bit. And um, I'm trying for the, the perfect um, uh, launch of the uh, uh, Badger Knights screaming in on him. So. Right. Okay, full Badger. And, um, badger Knights, I think. Definitely. And Adam, what about you? Any, any in-house games at all? 
no in-house, but I have had a honest goodness live proper face-to-face game of ABLG. Oh my gosh! Congratulations, well done. Yeah, it's uh, lockdown kind of over. I went down to employment and I had a game of ADLG in employment. They've got wow. a few tables out upstairs, spaced out, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I went and played a proper game of toy soldiers. So was it fifteen mil, twenty-five mil? Um, uh, fifteen mil. Um, yeah. It was. I was. I was uh, my opponent doesn't have too many fifteen mil armies, so. Um, he was using Macedonians, um, and because I wanted to use something Bronze AG, because I've got loads, and it's yeah. nice to give them a run out, I, I used the uh, later Assyrian. And mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, when we did the later Assyrian this discussion, and you yeah. all voted against mine and told me it was rubbish, I thought I would yeah. use that to prove the point. Yeah. So and um, you I lost. used that. Sorry? And you lost? Oh, yeah, I had my arse handed to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who did you actually end up playing? Who, who did uh, Paul. Oh, Paul. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Good. Good, good, good. Yeah, so so are, there, are there people drifting to entoyment? Were there other people playing? or is it still... days, uh, All the tables were full, yeah. but by all the tables, I think there's five rather than 18. Right. Okay. Uh, so they're sort of like well, well spaced out. Yeah. Sort of like, a, I, I haven't been in a pub yet, but I presume it's what pubs have done, you know what I mean? Mm. Instead of having all the tables in, they're well spaced out and there's like two yeah. people playing each other. Um, yeah. And um, it's kind of the lockdown's kind of really over and uh, winding down. And I got to go yeah. out and play Toy Soldiers. So did you? Did you? Was it because it's indoor? I guess. Did you mask up, or was it um, just enough space that it's not necessary yet? Well, we didn't mask up, yeah. um, and it's kind of weird because I'm now thinking, should we? Because the mm. government's saying if you're in a shop mm. from mm. Friday, it's good yeah. now if you don't need to yeah. um and the sort of like rationale of if you're only with someone for a few minutes yeah wearing a mask might be useful if you're there for a couple of hours then if you go, if you're going to give it to him you're going to give it to him but okay. i don't know it's, it's it's like as probably similar to everybody else i'm in a weird place with the whole lockdown covid thing because they're telling yeah. you you gotta wear a mask in shops but meanwhile pubs are open and you don't and it's yeah. like um just the uh, oh, just going with doing my best to be careful to be perfect yeah so do you, do you think they'll be insisting on masks from friday um in um i guess I, they might have to it's sort of the law i, I don't think so because no? i'm not i'm not going there to shop yeah um it might be because it's in a shop you do but mm. if you're in a pub you don't have to if you're in a restaurant yeah. you don't have to otherwise it would make it very difficult to drink yeah. and eat yeah um so yeah I, th- I think the answer to most questions since the beginning of march is i don't know um and yeah. I'm, I'm still going with i don't know yeah because we've been talking about this on the central london group because um the pub where we meet is is now open again and and the landlord is actually keen for us to to come back um or yeah. happy for us to come back yeah there's a couple of people playing today. as we speak um well i think we've looked at it and said yeah, I think we've we've looked at it. And the landlords, because pubs are now table service, so you can't go up to the bar, which means the room that we're in that's normally open to the bar, they're going to close off, so that would just be gamers. And I think on a, you know, if we really squeeze it, we can get ten or twelve tables in there. Um, but but really, they're going to we're going to say right five as a maximum, um, and 
you only are supposed to talk to the person you're playing. You're not supposed to go over and chat to the others. And I think, am, am I right in thinking we've kind of got a consensus that you should be wearing masks, although that might be driven by the fact we've got um, a kind of a King's College senior anesthesiologist as one of our, um, one of our games down there who's gone, that's a good idea. Yeah. Who's also very, very useful for hangover cures. He is yes, very, good, very good for hangover cures. Very good for having some of those things. Um, That's definitely what you need in, in a wargaming club. Indeed. So I think, yeah, so I think Central London's probably going to have two or three or, or four tables and kind of drift back, but, but we can open the doors and, and have it outside and not have people passing through. But I think the mass question will be interesting to see how people work on that um, because it is a pub. But My understanding was he was going to lock, lock the doors so you couldn't get from the normal part of the pub yeah. out to the outside by going through the um, mm. um, annex where we play the games. The gaming zone. Because then there's only ever going to be like four or six or eight people in that part of the building. But I okay, question on the mask then, because it's like yeah. the only official, the only real rule that Central London have got, got is yeah. buy a couple of drinks exactly. when you're there to pay rent, yeah. um, which doesn't really work with masks. No, not really. Straw, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that might straw possibly. But, Just don't know, point I, at the other person while you're drinking it, and he's and he's not and he's not serving food now for the for the moment. No, no. I'm going in next Monday to play a couple of games, and because I'm off, I'm going to play a one o'clock game, and then I'm going to play a four o'clock game. Yeah, um, so I'll know what's going on. Then I'll be back for the podcast afterwards. Okay. You're, you're you can well, give us a, a, a sit rep. A, 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 report from the a report from the club, yeah. Okay, we'll have that next week then. Good. Uh, well, well, Dave, does that make you the roving reporter? <laughs> the roadie reporter. Roadie reporter, yeah. And then, um, Simon, I believe me and you actually played a, a socially distanced outdoor game. Um, well, I do know. I'm not some. I believe. I was there. It's true. I've got photos. It really happened. We, yeah, we do have um, photographic proof. Yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah. you kindly had a, a little backyard. We could have a game, so I wandered on down. We had an outdoor table. It was brilliant. We had, we had yeah. wine, we had beer, and we had a table. Yeah. After that, it didn't really matter. No, it was, it was great. I think outdoors seems to make a big difference, and if you're sat across the table, you're, you're kind of a metre apart at least all the time. Um, yeah. And it was, and it, it's only two people from two households. There's no, there's no other people in the pub or the room or, or wherever. Um, so we um, we dished out two armies which had never, I don't think either had seen the light of day before in mm -hmm. terms of being on the tabletop. It was yours was Ottomans. Was My, it like, yes, I brought the the Ottoman Empire because you mm. you wanted to bring your nicely painted uh, Hungarians. So Hungarians, Turkish seemed appropriate. Yeah, that works, yeah. And um, so I have my new my my museum Janissaries, which have never seen the light of day, and various other units all came yep. on the mighty Azrabs and Voynox, who could be swordsmen, who could be spear, could be and heavy artillery, artillery and a war wagon, and all sorts. Yeah. yeah, it was all great fun. Yeah, and um, you went to full badger on me, and my cup of coffee and all that got absolutely eviscerated. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, it was channeling channeling the spirit of Peter. I was looking at the different ways to put up the. Um, the Hungarian army, and it was kind of, okay, all these figures are new. What army list can get the most new figures on the table? So I think I managed to creep up to about 25 bases with a lot of light mm. and stuff and some mediocre but spearmen. Bill went full badger. Uh, yeah. yeah, mediocre spearmen, because I wanted to get the spearmen on with their shield patterns and stuff. But then, then it was eight impetuous medium knights in two blocks of four. 
and um, and they kind of trampled across about the open half of the table. The rest was a bit cluttered with terrain, and, um, and managed to squish the the kakapuli and the other sipahis against the back of the table, and then force them to fight. And um, and and they didn't fight for very long. And um, so I think it was an Ottoman an Ottoman win with with probably what's about fifteen or sixteen gone out of the twenty five, probably something like that by the end of it. So, um, so bearing in mind all the conversations yeah. we've had about lists, yeah. is it a case then of an Ottoman army without Serbian allies got run over by a bunch of knights? <laughs> yeah. It, Peter, it was, I've got this one for you. I bloody told you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this was terrain though, wasn't it? This was very it, terrain. Yay! Yeah, we, we had um, so half, <laughs> half the table. So the, the Ottomans lost the initiative and deployed um, so with, with the defenders. And we had half the, the all the bad terrain was took up basically half of my one, deployment one, zone, one, and one third of the, the table all the way across, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Sort of. So, so the Capricolia, so I had um twelve or so heavy cavalry and light horse, had about fourteen half. mu uh, fourteen yeah. ud to play with, and then and naturally that's where you put all the knights going. Well, yeah. I can see where the heavy foot are going to go, and they yeah. you know so it's going forward. Yeah, um, I think the terrain him, really didn't do you any favours at all. How good does it feel just to roll over? Oh, it's grand, you know, particularly with brand new troops. But yeah. you know, I think the um, the Janissaries ran through the, the rough terrain and then mugged the medium, the, my mediocre spearmen, but not as fast as my knights ran through the open terrain and mugged yeah. the Krakapoli. And, and one thing I did forget, because um, um, when I was debating where who to charge, completely forgot Janissaries are swordsmen. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so I was worrying about, uh, so I was counting some of the factors as bow. Ah, so you were trying to, yeah, that's why you were trying to work around the flank of my spearman and attack them in the flank rather than just walk up to them and chop them. Yeah. yeah, your elite swordsman would have done quite well against my medi mediocre heavy spear. Yeah, no. Honestly, they could have just gone straight through them. Yeah, this is what happens after not having played a real game for 18 months, weeks. <laughs> yeah. It sounds Did like the right? The world. Sam, did uh, I hear you say you have a um, you had a heavy artillery in a war wagon? Yep. Well, w what you should do is what Adrian Clark did when I played him um, a couple of years ago. Park them, park them in the middle of the table, and say, "Right, you fancy some of that, Mister Cavalry?" And you know, your knights tend to get out of the way. Uh, no, what um, Tim did is the knights saw where the artillery was and side shifted a couple of UD, stormed after the uh, the mounted. And I only got two shots with the artillery. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think because, a couple yeah. of knights dismounted and just kind of took it on, um, yeah. and, and eventually got there. So, but look, you know, getting getting stuff out on the table was um, was grand. Brilliant. I think it it could catch on um, potentially. You know, I think this computer <laughs> thing may be um, may be, as lovely as it is. It may not be the way say. forward. Definitely may not be the way forward. But it, it was good to um, working with the central London theory, especially Tim's and my tactic of. Um, why did you bring this army to this competition? Because I just painted it. So that's <laughs> that was the entire design choice for our, uh, our games. Yeah, for both of them, it's I think. Pretty. Definitely for both of them. Yeah. That was good. good. Excellent. Well, good look, that's, that's, that's the roundup of the week's gaming. This means war. Having talked about what games we played, um, I guess, you know, and, and I'm talking about this personally off the back of an enormously fantastic, wonderful victory 
um, against um, people in sort of the Balkans and, and stuff like that, which is almost bringing us back to our traditional story of Napoleon going kind of down that way um, against the Austro-Hungarian Empire and beating up the Austrians and getting to Vienna. I think that actually did happen um, last week when we were talking about it, vaguely. Yep. But, but if I'm trying to remember correctly, we were almost teasingly on the start line of Russia. Um, we got reverse vodka Brexit being the political impetus for, for Napoleon deciding that he was, was bored with the Russians. And, and all his troops were kind of revving their engines. They got their little Panzer 3s and Panzer 4s ready to, to pile in across the Ukrainian steppe. I think that's part of the things. And, um, and then the hammer came down on us last week and we ran out of time. So, so this week, I'm guessing, um, and, and looking at the full set around the table, we're kind of into that whole Napoleon into Russia kind of malarkey. Now that the music is fading into the background um so he's there he's ready to go it's all happening um or it's not all happening and and is he is he the first person to um to realize that invading russia is not going to be a good bad not going to be a good idea had, had anybody messed no, this up be, before was he just confident and cocky and just quite short um, um well I, the swedes had tried yeah but they start closer though don't they yeah they're a lot closer mm. And then the kings end up in the Ukraine with his army. The um, Polish Lithuanians did quite well against them. They had a go. All right. So, so he's not necessarily thinking this is um, a complete disaster. So he's not thinking this is impossible. No. So does he just like go right? Let's do this on Wednesday afternoon, lads. Or does he psych himself up and and prepare and build a massive army and supply chain? Or does he just go? He built a massive army and supply chain, so he has. Lot, I mean, lots of troops. Germany and sort of the friend, friendly parts of Poland. Okay, and where, which way does he go? Does he, um, you know, he goes through it... well through Poland into Ukraine. Okay, so Belarusia and he's a Minsk around there, wasn't it? Yeah, towards Smolensk, they kind of more have... sort of northerly. Yeah, sort of northerly, middle part, kind of in World so War Two terms, kind of. The, the northern bit of army group center right so so he's suddenly he's got these like french german austrian whatever well, not probably not austrian but you know dutch yeah, whatever, he's austrian he's, allies, yeah. austria as well yeah. and they're all marching through the ukraine that's got to take quite some time hasn't it not ukraine not the ukraine he's so more to the north yeah he's more to the north so he's marching through belarusia and sort yeah. of bits of poland uh, and is it quite a long way to proper russia or is it suddenly like you're in russia because they used to own it way. So did he, the, he, the he Russians, must have worked this out, mustn't he? Well, yeah, the Rush, but the Russians are not. The Russians are being very unsporting and not standing to fight. They're, they're basically. I've Russians were, Russian army was split into two, into two. Okay. Yeah, and I've a Russian Russian commander in charge. I think was it Bagration? No, Katusov was the main guy. Yeah. Okay. But Bagration uh, had one of the armies. That point, I rather than. So you realise, new from the past, what that Napoleon would mass and take out each one, each one separate, separately, yeah. unless he was able to retreat. So he kept both armies retreat, Russian armies retreating, hmm. until they were able to link up. Right. 
Okay, so so he's got one army and he's chasing, um, he's chasing two armies. Well, he's at, I mean, Napoleon's army, the Grand Armée, is split into five or six. Like, so he's more. in six armies then. Right, yeah. that's a bit bizarre. So he's got 600,000 men, he's split them into six well, armies. You can't, you can't march 250, 300,000 troops all together in one, one block. So it's five, okay. several, several separate columns. So they're all marching different columns through Russia. They're picking up, you know, vodka and, and potato-based products, possibly a bit of soup made out of um, those potatoes and things. Potatoes as well. Crackers. And and this is what, in spring, I imagine, because that's when you do no, this. No, he starts in June. He starts in, that's a bit late, isn't it? Well, Hitler started need, in June. You yeah. need grass. Well, yeah, horses. but that didn't work out well either, did it, for the old... Um, yeah, but you've got, to wait for the, you've got to wait for the muddy season to finish, haven't you? Okay. That's as soon as you get there. So he's off and running. And um, has he got a strategy? Is he, like, trying to bring the um, Russian army to battle? Or is he just doing yes. the I'm yes, off to Moscow is. thing? He is, but Russians aren't playing ball. So there's basically Benny Hill music around <laughs> most of Belarusia and Poland yeah. and, and the Russian yeah. steppes. Have you ever seen uh, Minard's graph? It, it's a great data representation oh, yeah, that one, yeah. of him marching up. I'll um, show you it. But it's basically, this is the whole thing. That yeah. uh, what, what happens is he basically ends up charging after the Russian army. You consistently fall back. And you can just see the, the thing over time. And yeah. the data geek for me, um, it's fantastic because uh, what I'm showing you, Tim, is um, mm. a modern version of it. So yeah. it's in, in English, a bit more coloured. But basically, the red line um, mm. on the older but version. But the width shows straight. the size of the army and it yep. gradually right. gets thinner. And okay. it goes out, the red line goes out, hits Moscow, and then comes back a lot thinner. Right. So were the Russians doing this deliberately or were they just like cowardly little yes. dogs? Yeah, they, they well, did it very deliberately. Sorry, no, that's, there's, there's an historical debate going on there. Some people say the Russians did it deliberately, and the Russians were sort of going, yeah, we did it deliberately. Mm. Um, but there's also a case of Napoleon was trying to trap them, so they kept running away. And they, because before they built camps and they built fortifications to fight, but so there's a debate whether it was absolutely deliberate or whether they just got outmaneuvered and all they could do was run away. Right, so he might have been too clever for his own um, little Napoleonic boots. Yeah, that's well, it, Napoleon it all over, though, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it if, you look at the way, if you look at the width of that graph, Tim. Yeah. By the time, even before they get to Moscow, mm. um, you can see that the width is about half the width it was before. So what so happened to these people? Did they, the just, did they just like fall into ditches? Did they, you know, meet? You know, comely Russian well, cells and decide to grow got potatoes? Got starved, got captured by Cossacks, all sorts. So you got captured Cossacks by the Cossacks. That sounds painful. Yeah. Yeah. Started hitting the supply chains. Um, you've also got troops getting injured, uh, getting sick, you know, usual fevers and everything else, the, the usual burnout rate. Hmm. Um, but then you've got the certain key, mos uh, key battles along the way. So the Russians did stand and fight a couple of times then. So, the, so the main battle was called, called Borodino, known as the Bataille de la Moscow in French. And right. the, the, the Russians lost, I think, approximately 50,000, and the French lost about 30,000. I've heard years ago David Chandler being interviewed, and he said it was a bit like a jumbo jet crashing every uh, five minutes all day. 
in terms of the number of casualties. Wow, and, and is that in... So why did the Russians decide to fight then if they were kind of attriting the army just by running away? Well, because they were on the edge of Moscow then. So hmm. it was the last defence before Moscow. Um, but then when the Russians lost, they said, well, bugger this, we're going to walk off and torch Moscow. So Napoleon came in. It was a Pyrrhic victory. He came in and with Moscow burnt and all the supplies taken, they did the scorch of territory. Um, and then the, there was nothing for Napoleon to do but to retreat at that point. Yeah, because um, the, 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 the refused right. to surrender. Well, one thing that we haven't mentioned is, like, Russians were operating a scorched earth policy on, on their retreat. to deny the okay. And the ability to for, I forage, live off right. the land. Which so, is the key thing that the French army always did. They, they always foraged all the way yeah. through Europe. And that's okay. the campaigns before then. They never mm. took a decent supply train, unlike other armies. Right. So, so basically, we've got something which, even though it's massively famous and popular with war gamers, involves a decreasing number of French people walking a long distance, not fighting any battles, getting hungry, and dying of starvation, which you know well, isn't doesn't strike me as a great, and and just getting more and more, which doesn't strike me as a great kind of war game scenario, really. You know, and particularly as we started this whole Napoleonic malarkey with with something about special types of food with with chicken and and added um, you know crayfish or something. So, so is is this just like really grim? Is there no real military shit going no, on here? They they did. There's a lot of skirmishes on the way. So if yeah. you, you know, that's the whole point. There was an awful lot of skirmishes, and that's what drove it down. Then you've well, got the two big battles. A couple of large battles. Well couple of large battles and then one very big battle. So if this is all about skirmishes, is there a Russian sharp who swears in Russian? Oh, they, has, that, has that been done? No? Yeah, probably yeah. a Cossack. Probably a Cossack sharp or something. Mm. So um, he'll, he'll support um, Shakhtar Donetsk or something um, instead, of, of, uh, instead of the Mighty Blades. So Yeah, on the way back it was death of a thousand slices. Right, okay. And... And Borodino, other than lots of people dying in it being near Moscow, was there any, were they just so exhausted they couldn't do anything clever? They just battered each other frontally? Did anything interesting happen? It's back to that argument. Well, you'd, well, you'd, you'd have your cavalry charging into a redoubt. That was quite interesting. It yeah. so much fun for the cavalry, but it was an interesting mm. uh, incident. So was that just a frontal uh, slog with just shed loads of troops? Borodino, there are various silly mistakes made by the Russians, i.e. that... There were large gaps, the redoubts weren't fully manned and supported. Hmm. But I, some of the redoubts changed hands several times during the battle. Okay. So it's just a proper I old war game. Fill the, fill the table wall to wall with loads of troops, just throw them at each other, kind of war gaming as Barker intended, um, but in, in Napoleonic terms, and just take fistfuls of figures off, really. And yeah, you, had, you, had, you had a situation, for example, where... An entire corps of Russians stood still under French artillery bombardment for two hours because nobody told them to move. Right, that's um, that's that's fear of fear of your management, yeah. isn't it? Really, as um, uh, and the battle battle might have been over for Russians a lot lot earlier if it hadn't been for one of the Cossack commanders who led a sort of wide flanking move that he wasn't supposed to and fell on the right. French cavalry who were about to. Do a charge. Do the coup de gras or something. Okay. 
No, so, it was actually it was actually fairly early on in the, in the battle, so it wasn't a coup de grace. Right. So I'm I'm still kind of I, I guess I've got a slight feel of disappointment here because we've had the glorious dashing Napoleon doing all his clever stuff, kicking the Austrians around Europe. He then gets, you know, slightly obsessed with reverse Volker Brexit. He builds up the biggest army the world's ever seen. He piles into Russia. Other people have done this before at this time. It's not a complete disaster. And then the Russians just don't want to play. Um, there's one big battle that's kind of just a slugfest. And then the Russians burn their own capital city down. And, and Napoleon gets to this capital city and goes, oh, I can't be asked." Could, could he have carried on chasing them to Siberia? No, that no. Time, like, most of his horses had died. Oh, okay. So when, was, when was this was then? Winter. When did he get to Moscow? Was, how how long was, did uh, the session take? October 18th. September he got there. Freezing, there was no food at all. Okay. They looted Moscow. But there was nothing uh, really left. One of the few buildings left standing was the cathedral, which hmm. they used as sort of kitchen, stables, yeah. barracks. Okay. Very small stables if they haven't got many horses, I imagine. But yeah. And what about yeah. Lenin's mausoleum? What do, what do they do with that one? I get, oh, no, that wouldn't have been there, would it, really? That was something. Um, no, probably not. No, not the time. No, not that time. Um, okay, so... Right, so, so, they so the Russians refused to, refused to, to negotiate. By, harassed by the Russians, particularly by, by the Cossacks, yeah. who on at least two occasions almost captured or killed Napoleon himself. Right, okay. And he was just too little. He managed to hide behind the sofa. Well, him. The, the other key thing was... Uh, the day they started back, it was zero degrees and it got colder from there onwards. So mm. by the time they finished and got back um, to their winter barracks in Poland in December, it was down to minus 30. Ah, okay. That's tricky. So and down to again, about 5,000 men at most. Well, yeah. ah. the numbers, there's a debate on that, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. Pretty, got pretty well decimated. Also, also another, another heroic thing during the um, retreat was the bridging of the Berezina River. Um, yeah. Napoleon um, had, had to get rid of his <clears throat> bridging and bridging train for, because they were running out of horses and stuff. And so they got the Russians and they got to this river called the Berezina and basically they had no way of crossing it. Um, and the Russian army is close behind them. And by now, most of the French army is a rabble. It's just a bunch of fugitives staying with the main body of the army. And um, one engineer officer had kept a couple of wagons with some bridging stuff and he and his men stood in the middle of this freezing river for about two days building this bridge most of them died of exposure but they managed to make a bridge and get quite a few french guys across and um stop them being completely wiped out and in fact a large number of french fugitives panicked and ran across the bridge when the russians turned up and the bridge collapsed but napoleon managed to get some guys away but the French army was basically, you start off with 600,000. There was about maybe, what, 80,000 Prussians and Austrians on the wings who didn't go as far as Moscow. So they, most of them got out fairly intact. Mm. Um, but, you know, Austrians Austrians Napoleon again. They was made out of army. About 90% yeah. of them never came out of Russia in yeah, 1813. Yeah, the Prussian Corps. 
actually came to a treaty agreement. Tarragon, yeah, they, they kind of changed sides at the end of the um, at the end of that campaign. Very sensible. Which was the hands of the King of Prussia at the time. Okay. Even during the campaign, Napoleon probably had good reason to suspect the Prussians kind of said to the Russians, let's not try too hard. Let's just like, let's, let's use bad language and dirty looks and that's about it. And that's all that they really did, even when they should have been fighting. And at the end they went, shall we be friends? Yeah, let's be friends. Yeah, yeah, we're on your side. You've done well. You're the kind of winner here. All right. So, so I can see why, um, retrospectively, we picked the mon- melancholy music. So all the... The dash and vim and elan and and fancy stuff is kind of not so cool. So he's he's back in um, Poland and he's got bugger all people left and some of his friends have changed sides and and the Russians are still exporting vodka. Um, in there has been no reverse vodka Brexit thing going on or possibly there has. The Russians are still exporting vodka. They're still buying, you know, um, Yorkshire puddings and and bitter from um, from the north of England. It's getting shipped to them via Smolensk, probably. And and he's just lost, like, about the population of a very, very, very large city um, on the way. And just by doing it, and everybody in France must know someone who isn't there anymore. Um, so how does that pan out for the boy when he comes back? You know, golden boy seems to have, well, I'm, well, I'm well, guessing he's lost he, a bit of his luster. Well, yeah, indeed. But he, he um, in about November time, before they get back to the Russian border, he hears of uh, trouble in France, which he needs to go and sort out political um, I bet he does. Well, does he go does he pick up his mobile and go, oh, look, I've got a call. I've got a rush, really sorry. dental appointment, yeah. So he buggers off back to France, leaving Marshal Murat in charge of the army um, and issues them. a bulletin to people in France saying um, the emperor is on his way home. The health of the emperor has never been better which kindly slightly ignores the fact that the health of most of his troops could was hardly ever worse. Right. Okay. So he rocks up back in Paris and, and nobody's been reading the papers from Moscow or anything like that. Um, no. He's just kept it a secret, this loss of half a million men. I think a third summary would be French people figure out it didn't go well, <clears throat> right. but the nation rallies to their ruler and the French go, well, he's, he's, he's the man. We're on his side. Let's do our best. So th- right. uh, most of France throw themselves into recreating the French armies. They, right. France hasn't given up on him yet. Okay. So a he's... large population in Europe at the time, so they seem to be able to reconstitute the army. Well, but, he's, he's lost but, now you're talking, but now you're talking like, to, like the German landwehr in World War II, 16-year-old kids and crocs and people yeah. like that. And, um, you know, Just it's a lot of people who are quality of human material than you had before. Right. So he's... So he's back in. He's, they don't he's kind have, of to... lost so much of their cavalry, hmm. and at the same time, quality of their gunpowder goes down at this point. Okay, I wasn't aware of that. I did know they had serious problem yeah. shifting guns problem, around because they, they had very had few horses to drag them. Getting access to high-grade saltpeter for making gunpowder. Okay, Partly this is just like a world of disaster, isn't it? This is the British Navy had trashed them. Right. So if you're like uh, um, somebody who likes wearing wearing white trousers and blue coats. This is just like pretty grim. And, but you, yeah. so the Russians have managed, have avoided bringing him to a decisive battle. They've kind of let, let him get away. And the Russians are back on their borders going, ta-da, um, we don't have to do anything. He's back in France. But I'm imagining other countries have heard that he's messed up a bit, even if he's managing to manage the French press a bit. And they must all be thinking, brilliant, he's on his knees, they haven't got an army, 
should we have another pop at the guy? Is there any like, you know, say that's exactly, exactly what, what Prussia does. That's, that's what exactly Prussia does. what Prussia does. And Austria yeah. goes, well, we'll sort of like we'll sit this one out for a bit because we've yeah. done that before I, and it uh, even never works. So we're moving on. I think that that's the 18, 13, 14 campaigns. Yeah. So couple, a couple of important things next week, though. Okay. Couple All of important right. things to say, however, the Russian army, even though it chases Napoleon mm. out of Russia, suffered loads. It was also it wasn't retreating, but it was advancing in minus thirty degrees with right. no food. Okay. And the Russian army isn't in the best shape itself. Right. So okay. that gives a breathing space. And the other important thing, wargaming wise, mm. is. Borodino's one of those sort of like classic bucket wargaming battles that you've kind of got to do if you're yeah. a wargamer before you yeah. die. Okay. Just because it's a massive slog of people doing stuff. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing clever happens. It's just slog, slog, slog. But the table so grows when, when under the weight of figures. Yeah, I need to get some green spray paint, don't I, I guess, and get them all looking raggedy. Okay. So we've had, we've had a kind of... A, a canter through of the famous Moscow thing that I sort of knew was quite grim, but I'm left with the feeling that it was much more grim, even Very from grim. a wargaming point of view, than than I thought it was from a, a human loss and sacrifice point of view. I think on that note, it's time to um to call in the melancholy music. So on that depressing note, on that depressing note, um, I guess uh, <laughs> uh, let's look at something good and um, and try and compare. We've talked about the the sad ending of the great Napoleonic army, um, and I think that almost flips us nearly perfectly onto the um, <laughs> sad ending of the Byzantine Empire or Byzantine Empire, the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire, one of the many Roman empires, um, other than the ones in southern France, which is a proper pronunciation, by the way. Um, are you a I think, Byzantine or a Byzantine type of guy? In the 80s, it was Byzantine. And since the 2000s, it's turned into Byzantine, which is not, just weird, I think. But what about Byzantine? Is that a Sounds like a bedtime thing, Byzantine. Byzantine. All right, there is no answer to that one then, clearly. We can't solve that when one. I studied, when I studied Byzantine history at university at UCL, it was Byzantine. And now it's, as you say, Byzantine. Byzantine or Byzantine? Yeah, it's a mystery. Yeah. This means war. This means war. Look, looking at looking at this um, empire, there's myself and and Tamsin have both been trying to make some sense of this list two four five, which is um, two four yeah. two four five, which is one of the. Um, less popular um kind of lists um but and it's got lots of different options but some of them as always with these lists with different options you could make it into six or seven different lists um, and fill loads more pages but they'd all be pretty similar and um and some of them you probably wouldn't choose in favor of other ones really so um let's have a quick a quick butchers at what we've got here so um i've got up on screen first is is Tamsin's army, and yep. um, and 
and Tamsin, looks like you've started by going for the the Empire of Nicosia. Um, so I guess the starting point is is why that one out of all the other different lists? And then do you want to talk us through command by command um, with your three commands and what they do and, and how they're made up? Yeah. Well, I went for that one. I basically because that's one where you get the most the most Frankish knights. <laughs> nice and simple, definitely. Yeah. And as Lucy, uh, this was my second iteration of the list. First list I actually had sort of went. I went with a bit I, some more in, more infantry, but then decided realised hmm, you only got two heavy spearmen. You can have bowmen, hmm. and that was pretty much it. So I'd say it's a couple. Of, it's a couple two, of two heavy I think spearmen is yeah. not enough to make an infantry command. So I decided. All mounted. All mounted. Minimise the infantry, so I just went with two light infantry bow in one of the commands, because that's the minimum you can take, and then everything else mounted. So, first command... So yeah, your I've first command, command is, what, six knights, isn't it? And some yeah, support. Yeah, six knights. So you've got two medium, impa- medium knights, impact elite, and four medium knights, impetuous ordinary, I, along with two light cavalry bow ordinary, and two light infantry bow. Okay. And there was a brilliant general for CNC. That's sort of hard hitting. That does what it says on the tin, doesn't it? That almost yeah, needs no more explanation. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Then yeah. the other two commands, sort of commands two and three are identical. Identical. So you've got competent commander, three I stratioti. Sounds good enough to me. With. One medium cavalry bow and two light cavalry bow in each of those commands. So it's just go around flanks. I support the knights going against sort of the anything that's mm. a bit weaker that the knights aren't shouldn't be yeah. shouldn't be wasting their time on. So this is really twelve impact cavalry spread across. There's six well twelve impact mounted. There's six knights, three heavy cavalry, three heavy cavalry, and then you've got a supporting cast of. Of you, you managed to, to eke out six six light horse so that that gets your initiative up to four. Um, yeah. See, which is kind of it. Okay. Um, units. That's it's not too shabby. It's not too shabby at all. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, Dave, what you know, one units before I realised that my list was illegal because I'd only put one light light infantry bow in. <laughs> yes, that needs to be tweaked. So Dave, so you know, look, I originally had the impetuous knights as impact, yeah. mm. but just downgraded the. Downgrade them to impetuous to get the second to make this right. legal with two light light infantry yeah. bow. Yeah. So, so do, do we class four impetuous knights and two impact as a hunting badger? I, th- I think you know we'll we'll come to yeah. um we'll come to Peter and ask him for his badger rating. Quite briskly. Six knights there later, I think. But but Mr. Saunders, if I start with you, what are your what are your first thoughts on this one? Um, well, because the stratiatoi are compulsory having heavy cavalry impact and they're only ordinary and they're not elite they're a bit of a weakness i think but you i mean tamsin's got them well covered with light horse i i think that's quite a nice little army that i like it's got good, damn good initiative to get moving quickly it's got two strong wings in the heavy cavalry i mean obviously terrain is an issue but then i i i, I think it's quite good i quite like that i'd be tempted to uh, i'm just looking at the list to see what's legal uh, and you put some mediocre bowmen in that's what you want to know isn't it yeah yeah i sort of my original <laughs> list did have media two mediocre bow in each each command but 
But that, oh, no, that was just to try and get Dave's vote, wasn't army. it? Was... The classical way to play this army is to go Palilogy in Byzantine, have the Serbian ally and have the uh, medium swordsmen, sort of the basic our Mugavars and things like that. And that's, you know, but I, I, I quite like this version, which is just all mounted. You've got some shooty cavalry there to shoot at anything in terrain. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all right. It's good. Adam, what about what about you? What do you look at this? Uh, I, actually, I'm I'm kind of with David. Sort of like yeah. it's it, it hits it, it hits hard. It kind of works. It can manoeuvre. I quite like it. The only thing I'm thinking of is before Peter gets in, what are you going to do against all the elephants? Yeah, <laughs> that's a problem. Oh, you, you dismount them and uh, charge yeah. into them with the knights. That could be it. So, so Peter, you know, it's, this is halfway to you, isn't it? This has got, this has got a four. I, is, does this count as I a like full it. badger worth of medium knights? Uh, yeah. Well, as D uh, Dave was saying, or uh, Andy, it was uh, basically it's a hunting. No, it is full. It's full the stack of knights, isn't it? It's a full um, six. I think we're saying about hunting badger if it's too impact, but I'd, um, I'd just drop maybe one of the Stratioli to uh, bump them all up to elite. Um, yeah. Or one of the Pachengs, because uh, sacrificing a medium cavalry bow to suddenly have four elite medium knights impetuous. So you, you can I only have really two. You only have two elite. You only allowed two elite allowed. No, you can't. They can only be ordinary or medium. Yeah. Ah. Well, then yeah. the other thing I'd possibly do to take advantage of that is maybe split the two groups up to give it a bit more flexibility, and have um, one with the commander included. Then you've actually collator uh, the extra um, points so you can actually uh, bump up uh, elsewhere so I'd actually have um, maybe a, uh, one with four knights with the brilliant and the two medium knights in another one as a small micro command um, and then have um, a couple of the heavy cavalry um, around with the impetuous knights to cover the flanks of it so then you can really have the overlap so then you basically have uh, basically a swing group of one command. It's it's using the virtually the same troops. I like what you've picked, Tamsin. It, it's it's I'm happy. It's I, I'm yeah. going in. I'm stomping stuff. Um, I just make better use of your commanders, which will three up a couple more points and give you a bit of flexibility and keep the opposition guessing a little bit. That's the only difference. Okay, um, Andy, yeah. what about you? What, what's your thoughts on that one? Um, well, my first thought is that. It, it, it's very much just one way of operating, which is charge in with, with, with mounted. But given that he's doing that, I, I do think that it, it, it's quite well designed and composed in the sense that I do think you want to keep all the... One reason for keeping all the knights together is you've got one command which can move at three and everybody else can move at four or five. So those other two commands with the competent leaders can zip around fairly handily. Um, I think if you if you come up against an army which has got a lot of bow foot, you're, you're going to be in difficulty. But uh, hopefully, with an initiative of four, you can um, win the initiative and put down minimal terrain and kick out other people's terrain to make it less difficult for them. But um, that does what it says on the tin. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think know. so. Yeah. Yeah, Simon, what, so, what about you? It's an interesting option. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Your thoughts? It's definitely a delivery system for the knights so you're the knights are the central part of the army and the the two petroneg commands or strategy are more your your wingman train if you get a bad terrain run um 
since you've got nothing for, for tra trained troops, that can uh, really hamper you. But otherwise, again, all stick, all bow, you can run up and shoot someone, run away for some part of the army, and the rest of it will pick a fight. So it'll be all good fun. Okay, interesting. Well, let's flip over to um, <clears throat> to the list I chose as well. Now, I, I actually chose Nicosian as well. Um, I, th I think it it was that same thought process of... Right. I think it's Nicaea, it's Nicaea, not Nicosia. Nicaea, then. Nicaea, yeah, Nicosia. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's a Nicaea be between three. friends? Um, and, and I think it was that opportunity for six different... Um, six knights, as opposed to without having to bring in the Serbians. I think the Serbians, once they get medieval... Um, heavy knights they just start to be a little expensive and, and it's an ally and I thought you could get six in here um, what what I did um, with it I didn't quite get up to the four aggression but I did get up to 25 um, units which was a, I thought was quite a big count and mm. mine's got two Id near identical commands as well but I've split the knights three and three um, on the idea that they can operate either together or, or separately. So, so the two commands which are similar are both got, and I went actually all impetuous. I just thought if they're going in, we'll go all in. So all six knights are impetuous, the, the two elite and the, the four ordinary split two and one in those commands. And I embedded generals with all of them as well. It was really about just doubling down. Um, now, from my kind of experience with Arab armies, I'm... I'm a big fan of the super cheap, mediocre, medium cavalry impact because at yeah. six points each, when they work, they work really, really well. And at six points each, they're almost as cheap as, um, you know, light infantry in, in some ways. So, so both of those knight commands are three knights plus two medium cavalry impact mediocre to give you a width of five. And, and then I've thought to screen them with three light infantry in in one command so this is this hasn't got any light horse this this second command two knights one knight two medium cavalry three light infantry that's probably the one that sort of sits in the middle a bit um because it doesn't need to extend out to the wings and then there's a the other command two knights one knight two medium cavalry three light cavalry bow which is starting to be a big number um which could sit in front of the knights or the medium cavalry or or, or could extend it out and then um and just one light infantry bow with that one as well. That's the, the night delivery system. And then I use the, the brilliant CNC for a kind of more, um, you know, doing a few more things um, command. So I took the Varaldi Guardsman, the elite medium cavalry bow to give you a little bit of shooting poke, two more medium Pechenegs um, to, to give you another couple of um, shooting medium cavalry. Um, two light cavalry bow in there to, to extend that out. So there's six shooters there and two of the ordinary heavy cavalry impact, um, same as Tamsin. So, so it's, it's got a bit of that impact cutting edge, um, but it's got a decent amount of shooting as well. Um, so that, that floats around. I think, again, same as Tamsin, you look at the infantry here and think there's so little of it that it just is almost not worth having any at all and and the job is just to try and clear terrain out the way and try and fight on a on a much more open field um there's a vague thought that that two light tree javelin men can hide in somewhere if they need to do and do a little bit of contesting but but not really and it's just absolutely double down on getting six impetuous knights two with embedded generals 
into somebody and then supporting them with well again six six impact cavalry but then then there's four um four medium cavalry with bow as well here um and and a little bit of light infantry so it's it's almost doing the same thing it's very very similar in concept it's gone for the no infantry it's just just doing it doing it in a slightly different way but um i don't run, running in the same order dave what, what's your thoughts on them um, on this one um i would i i think I, I i'm getting i like this version because i think 25 is strong and i think if you're going to go with this mounted version i would go for sheer numbers i'd, I'd use all the medium cavalry impact i probably wouldn't make a mediocre but i would use them and I, I get quite a few light horse in there to protect the knights and things like that i might even take light foot to protect the knights to make to help them in their delivery um i think included gems is not a bad idea um neither would be the ones i would choose i would definitely choose the paleogene and it's, that's the way i've always seen it and i think yeah. that's a, a decent army but i i i, I think if you're going to go for an all cavalry version, go for mass numbers. Take the cheapest possible medium cavalry. Yeah, Tim's version is definitely winning it for me. Okay, Peter, what about you? Uh, um, I know it's not yeah. badgering in having all the knights in one go, which must must be well, disappointing for you. But it's it it is slightly. I mean, uh, like Dave was saying, with the Pelagian, you could actually have your medium Serbian knights and really go full knight, full barrel, and stack it up like there's no tomorrow. Um, however, for this, I like what you've done, but some of the bits I think you're going to have a problem. Um, having the competent generals included with the medium knights, um, with that much cavalry, if you're not clearing out that first round, you're not going to be able to move your medium cavalry or your light cavalry around because it's going to take too much points because it's an extra point to move anything. So when they're in combat, that's why. You know, I'm a big fan of the commanders in, and the knights included. Um, so the commander included with the knights. But in making more of that of a micro-command that you're not worrying about, you know, dealing with several medium cavalry. I like the idea if you had one which was competent, but you had the medium cavalry there because then they could support either side, either on the micro-command uh, to fill in or around the edge. Um, I'd do that and just bring out three points and maybe have two brilliant and one ordinary general and the ordering general just being one command of say three knights just going in with a couple of light infantry and just storming. They, they are going straight ahead. You don't care. They're going to hit. It's that general going in. They're, they're the ones going to mess things up. It's great. Lovely. Um, but then you want to have the other commander to have the points, the flexibility. So having two brilliant, one ordinary uh, would really bracket it, especially as you could start off the deployment by you know, here's my three knights with a general in, what are you going to do about it? Uh, and then you've got the flexibility on the other two just to uh, really fox them with uh, a decent number of troops that you're putting down because you've got decent numbers. Um, uh, I agree with Dave, I'd maybe, you know, change it a little bit with the light infantry supporting. Um, so maybe if you just dropped one medium cavalry, you could have it move up a bit. The only problem with uh, mediocre is that it's very easy to shoot at. Um, it's very easy to get the hits on mediocre cavalry and there's a, a lot of opposition at this point where you've got half and half shooters so you've got the possibility that they're going to get shot down very quickly and yes they're low points but you want them to uh, survive a little bit but otherwise I like it I, I like both lists the two um, nice heavy uh, hitting 
uh, list going in. Um, this one, although you got the numbers, I think Tamsin wins it for me because I think as soon as you hit, you're going to lose a lot of control. So unless you win that first bound, um, it's going to be quite easy to pick off and surround your guys. Yeah, I suppose it's whether yeah that elite medium knight's going to go through in in two turns because you're going to charge in. He's going to fight. There's then going to be an opponent's bound. He's going to fight again. Um, and I think also to be fair, I was I was putting this list together today on the back of using generals on medium impetuous knights yesterday, and, and they did very well. So I think I've got a, you know partic- yeah. I've got a very favourable view of them at the moment. But I I can see you know plucking one of them out maybe. And but you can always, to, if it's favourable, you can always say I'm including it in the bound. Yeah. Uh, when you go into the battle, if you go, oh, this is going to be a four-one. I want to make sure I finish him off. You can always say that it is included. Mm-hmm. It gives you the option. It's not precluding you from it. Um, yeah. It's just it's permitting you to it. Yeah, it makes one of them. Um, you can make one of them unreliable or something to to squeeze those max points without messing around too much. Um, Simon, what, what do you think? What do you think? It's a different take. I've never, I've never really tried the medium cavalry impact mediocre. I generally avoid mediocre trips because I've had a few bad runs with them. But I can see them running around with um, on your flanks because they, they'll annoy light horse to a little degree. Because as soon as you can, they can shoot you. You got a reasonably good chance of catching them because uh, one can slide around because you, you, you can ignore your zock. So um, medium cavalry impact mediocre can resolve a few light horse. Otherwise, you've got a fistful of knights coming storming at you. I'd probably drop the commanders and the two knight commands to ordinary, just because if you do lose a knight, you don't you don't lose so many points for losing the knight, the general, and then a competent general. Yes, you know, you're losing a little bit less because um, that would free you up six points. You might be able to get a light horse or something like that to keep your initiative something similar. But again, it's yeah, going to be a lot of fun. really close to getting the initiative up to um up to the yeah actually yeah you could put another light horse in couldn't you and drop those back yeah back down because um do the generals that are um you got six like half oh no no you haven't no just five just five it's really close yeah okay and and andy what do you think on this one i don't think that's as as well put together as it might be for a start you've got five light cavalry which is a very inefficient number of them yes Uh, secondly I, i think that two included generals in fighter units in different commands does risk one of both commands being ground to a halt when you if, if a knight get gets in combat and can't break through um i i think too many too many of the mediocre guys i mean they do suck up arrows something horrible what i'd be inclined to do as a, as a minimum tweak for your army i think is to um perhaps take out one of the peshnek medium cavalry bows and use that on bumping up all the uh, mediocre guys to ordinary. Okay. Um, and then you've got one point, and if you can make a point from somewhere else, you can uh, find something else to, to make six. I either go for six light cavalry or go for four. I think five's a, you know, yeah. unless you've got nothing else to do with the points, and that, that, that's not what I would do. And I think if you've got 24 units rather than 25, it's not going to degrade the army that much, particularly as the unit you're losing is a medium cavalry bow. It's not such a crucial unit not to have in your army. Yeah, I think those medium cavalry impact. The mediocres are really, well, 
both of them are in in commands where they've got the first one's got three screening light foot the other one's got three screening light cavalry and a and a light foot as well so mm. hopefully you can keep them out of bow range and the fact they're mediocre doesn't make a lot of difference um, when you're shooting at them because they're still medium cavalry they still attract arrows whether they're ordinary or, or medium but, but what i found is even mediocre even if they take a hit that that means they're still fighting against light horse or normal cavalry at, at evens um, so you mm. can use them super cheaply to drive off any you know e- even taking some losses with them to drive off enemy light horse and when they get extra width and start getting in the flanks they really do some damage um, but you know, it's it's a bit of one of my novelty troop types that they're they're probably a little bit overcooked. And I yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say chuck them all out, but I just think having yeah. four is a bit is a bit risky. Yeah, no, you you may well be right. Okay, well let's let's quickly run down the list then. So um, oh Adam, sorry, no, no, I, I get... I've missed you off the screen. Sorry, I'm 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 looking on um the little strip down the side, and you you disappeared behind your beer beer glass there. Sorry, um, my comment on this list is. The, the exact opposite of Dave's. Dave said that with a mounted army, he would incline to make it big. My view is with a mounted army, I'll be inclined to try and make it manoeuvrable. Um, and I think this army, weirdly enough, is too big. Um, because where you've got the six Frankish knights, if they all die, you've kind of lost. And then it gets boring waiting for the army to go. Um, so you might as well make it smaller and use the points that you save to make it more maneuverable and making sure you're getting the um, Franks in the right place. So I would go with not having generals included because I remember having a game against you. Um, you had Sassanids and you had an included general and I said, oh, isn't that a risk? And you said, oh, well, it's included with a elite cataphract. What could yeah. possibly go <laughs> wrong? Um, so the Q was six one. Yeah, and I'm just just going to make a make a comment here. Yep. The included general generals have to be in the Strasiote. Yeah, oh, they can't be with the Frankish knights. All oh, right. Oh. Oh. So oh, it's 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 included generals yeah. in your medium cavalry, mediocre. All oh, right. Yeah, that's probably not a good <laughs> idea, then, is it? No, that doesn't work. Quite no, so well. Make it smaller and don't include yeah. them. Because you've yeah. always got the cho- choice to throw them in any, um, throw them in anyhow. Um, on the whole, I would have said having the Franks in two different commands is a good thing because you get the choice of being flexible. Um, but I can't remember who said about that makes two commands moving at three mm. rather than four. No, that's a good comment, Randy. Yeah, yeah, okay. which actually, which is actually a thing that no, I didn't think of myself. Not yet. Okay. Um, All right. So, so making the list legal then probably drops a medium cavalry impact out, knocks it down to twenty-four, but does disinclude the um, the two generals then from that command, uh-huh. which which is kind of a little bit of fixing on the fly. But given it's illegal, that's probably necessary to do. But I would say you could still still make it yeah, smaller still make it and make it it's better. It's not illegal. Night. It's just a bit daft. Yeah, it's just mental, isn't it? Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> making it smaller, but making it a better night delivery system yeah. would be. Because if the six nights go, you kind of got nothing else to do anything with, anyhow. Which is why you take the pillion uh, guys with the serve allies and just get a wall of knights. Yeah, yeah. just get of them. Hailing the chain is the way to go. <laughs> serve allies. Yeah. Hailing the chain is really good because then you get the sort of like. 
sort of like uh, the Al Mugavars in it as well. They're really good. Yeah, you can get uh, medium cavalry bow elite as well. Yeah. Yep. That which I've got in this one, but um, the Varadiot Guardsman. So, all right, let's run down the list then. Um, so, now that um, Tamsin has cleverly spotted my list was illegal in the way it was set up, and I've done a slight <laughs> tweak to. Um, not elite, as I say, not elite. No, true. Not elite. Look, there's a little star next to Frankish Knights, so that was that was how it was. Um, so, uh, so Dave, which which of the two are you um, leaning towards? Um, Let's flip the. Flip the I'm changing my well. mind, and I'm going with Tamsin list because I think you having your two commands with impetuous knight generals included is really dangerous. But we've said that that's not actually legal, so I'm not doing that anymore. Okay, right. Um, <laughs> um, I still go with Tamsin's. Well. Yeah, it's the six in the block, isn't it? Peter, yeah. what about you? Are you um, going six in the block, full badger, or or the split? Um, well, uh, I didn't like your illegal list, but I do like yeah. your legal one. I, I just like the idea of playing <laughs> around with the medium horse. Hmm. Um, with the legal list, it gives me a lot more flexibility because she could be a, as annoying as hell with those uh, medium cavalry, uh, even though they're really dross. It's just another thing for someone else to worry about while you're delivering the knights and getting them stomped in. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's, it's an extra initiative in Tamsin's list. Two less units, but the medium cavalry a bit better um, is, is kind of the, the mix. So which, which one would you go for again? Um, go for your now legal one. Now legal one. Simon, what, what about you? I'd go the um, Tamsin's, Tamsin's list. I just like the, the, the having no mediocre um, and all the real troops have a big stick. So you can pick a fight somewhere. So you've got uh, 7, 10, 13 troops with impact. Okay, yes, another night army will give him a bit of a hiding, but still 13 units that can charge in and cause some damage. All good fun. Yeah, it's, it's doing the heavy well, cavalry. Huh? Andy, well, what, about, what about you? I, th I, th I think I prefer Tamsin's list. It's simpler, more straightforward, and I think yours has got some structural problems, as I mentioned before. Mm. Okay. Um, Adam, what about you? Uh, Tamsin's for all the reasons that's been discussed. It's all smaller. Okay, then. So that's a, um, a four to one. So there we go. The, lists, the list section is done. Music. Um, we never... I, it's always one of these is slightly wrong every week, isn't it? Um, yep. That's the right team manager. No, yeah, it's it. we are we are we ma we are maintaining the central London motto of incompetence, aren't we? For sure. Yeah, we can't even get a, a list correctly. <laughs> right. So well, having a random was legal. Yes, but just wrong. Um, even <laughs> though that little star was there. Um, so, so now that we've um, we've we've thoroughly dissected it's that a, list, we need to um, call in our. It's not a star next to. Frankish it is. Knight. No, that's it not is. just a thing on your. It is. It's not a thing on your screen. Where it is? Speck of coffee. <laughs> it's a speck of dust on your screen. This means war. This means war. Um, so I think we need to call <laughs> in the IT manager now um, to to pull up random.org and look for the new list of the week. So here we go, sound effects of the IT manager coming in. List, list 27. Oh, 27 uh, is one. No, what the hell are they? Uh, Ugaritz. Ugaritz. That's great. 
That's a classic list from the DBM days, isn't it? The it's seven. Let's all flick through for this one. Uratu. It's really good list. army. Sister list to the Uvavu, obviously, for, for fans of um, sort of whatever it was. Um, so what have we got? Uratu oh, was the kingdom related around Lake Van. Light chariots, heavy chariots impact, medium cavalry bow, which are good. Mixed swordsmen, heavy swordsmen. It's a good one. So who, who's putting their hand up for biblical? Adam, I think you were saying you're... You're a man with a lot of biblical malarkey. Um, and I think you've, you've skipped a week, so it may well be your turn to, um, to go with this one. I can rock and roll that, yeah. And um, Mr. Saunders, you've talked quite a lot about painting chariots in recent weeks. Ah, um, okay now that you've that. got your Egyptians, can we force you to look at this list and then suddenly you'll realise you need to paint up yet another one? Yeah, no, no, I think I, I came second with a Ugarit army at the London one day. So no pressure for Adam then on this one. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you came second in a game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I did that yesterday. I came second in a game. I'm to come second. Okay. I think I can pull up the list with all the good reasons for it. Right, that's good then. So we'll, we'll, talk, a, we'll talk a Saunders versus Adam special next week and then um, that takes us neatly into that section which is Andy's quiz. Yes, much more up-tempo French music than the dirge of retreating from Moscow that I now realise we picked before. So Andy, tell us, um, you know, remind us of the questions from last week and tell us what your questions are from this week. Right, well, last week was about missing bits and there were three questions as usual. Before Robert the Bruce died in 1329 and was buried at Dunfermline, he directed his heart should be taken on crusade to Jerusalem before being brought back to be buried at Melrose Abbey. Sir James Douglas took the heart with him in a metal casket which he wore around his neck until he was killed in crusade. But on which non-Middle Eastern country was that? Um, crusade Germany. must be Germany. Poland. Spain. Spain? Okay. Yeah, because the big conquista beating up all the Moors and stuff like that. Oh, that counts the crusade, I guess. Oh, yeah, well. you've you got you to get out a hell-free card for going there as well. Yes, okay. That's a win then. Right. Okay. Number two. On 30th of April every year, the French Foreign Legion parades past the wooden hand of Commandant d'Anjou of the 1st Battalion of the Legion, the commander of a force of 65 legionnaires who in 1863 resisted an enemy force of two to 3,000 enemies until their number was reduced to three. What was the name of that battle? Not a It was against the uh, Mexicans, wasn't it? Correct. Okay. It was Still called there. Cameroon and it was in Mexico. It was kind of the French Foreign Legion's version of the Alamo. French Foreign Legion were in the Alamo, were in Mexico. Me yeah. yeah they, 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 hear me about the Mexican invasion, the French intervention in Mexico, I think, is the next. Right. Yeah. Have you ever, met, sister, have you ever seen the movie, the, the movie Seven Mules for Sister Sarah? And that? Yes, I guess I Two have, Mules yeah. for Sister Sarah with Clint Eastwood. You basically okay. had a... Um, a Bourbon Austrian prince put on the throne and the French Foreign Legion tried to keep him there. He was the younger yeah. brother of um, the Napoleon? Austrian Emperor, Maximilian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To be honest, that sounds like nonsense apart from it's true. Yes, it <laughs> it does, yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah, okay. this is a black and white, sorry, sorry, movies you have the French yeah. Foreign 
yeah, this is Napoleon the Third thinking. Well, I can I can do good stuff as well on on a foreign international right. stage, right? Okay. And the Number third three. question, no, third right. Let me just fire it up my phone here, right? <laughs> third one was, despite losing an eye in aerial combat in 1942, the top surviving Japanese fighter race took to the skies again as a combat pilot in 1944. Over Iwo Jima, he took off in his zero during an American carrier raid to join up with the squadron of zeros, only to discover too late they were American Hellcats and outnumbered him 15 to 1. He managed to manoeuvre the combat back over Iwo Jima, where Japanese flak drove off the Americans. His plane had not been hit even once during the air battle. What was the name of this Japanese pilot? Captain yes. Flash. No. His name was Saburo Sakai, and there's, if you ever get a chance to read it, there's a brilliant biography of him. Uh, it was basically an autobiography translate, translated. It's called Samurai by a guy called Martin Kadan. If you get a chance to read it, it's a terrific read. Okay. All right. So, and um, imagine it ends well. So, good. Thank you for those questions. last week this week um it's called the theme this week is language timothy and it's which historical generals use the following naughty words at the battle of Eylau in 1807 this commander of the french imperial guard cavalry said to his troops when they were being struck by occasional stray musket balls on haute les tête la mitraille n'est pas de la merde which has been translated as don't duck these are bullets not turds okay <laughs> I'm guessing right. he was a Frenchman, but yep. Well, he was, yes. As I yes. said, French Imperial Guard Cavalry okay. General, right? Yep. Right. At the Battle of Waterloo, when called on to surrender, yeah. which Imperial Guard commander gave a disdainful reply? There's two versions of what he was reputed to have said. One is, la garde meurt, mais il ne se rend pas, which is, the guard dies, it doesn't surrender. And the other is, merde, which I'm not going to translate. Yep. Okay. Okay, right. So who was the man who said one of those two things? The third one is, which American general, when called on to surrender the town of Bastogne to the Germans in December 1944, replied, nuts, nuts. which is ruder in American than in, in uh, English idiom. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. a little bit hard to I've, I've got a bonus question for you this week, um, and it's an audio clip. We hear two actors here. One of them is Sean Bean as uh, Sharp, who is uh, the voice of um, Harper. What an idiot! What a dirty little douche, buffle brain bastard! From his pop crown of his royal pop stars, the blue blooded twat! Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Okay, that's pretty clear. So, that came across loud and clear for sure. <laughs> I just couldn't resist it. So, who, no. who, who plays, what's the name of the actor who plays Sergeant Harper? Okay. Brilliant. Well, that's, that's three questions and a bonus and some um, yeah. comedy swear words. So that's, that's a fantastic way to um, finish the quiz. Well, with the quiz music receding into the background, we're almost starting to recede into the background as well. So we just have time for a brief runaround of um of what's on the painting table this week so now mr saunders you're painting as we speak um you i think you've given us a bit of a teaser there's a lot of 
Brett on jerseys. What, what's, what's coming up this week for you? Well, I claimed I'd finished the Ottomans, but I'm actually finishing the Ottomans as we speak because I'm doing some Ottoman slingers and some Ottoman uh, levy because okay. this Ottoman army is going to go into action next uh, Monday at the club. We're going to take them in there and disprove this theory that medium knights will stomp them. Right. But uh, yeah, other than that, it's onwards with the Franks. You know, the war bands to finish all war bands. I think is, is going to be my expression. So this what this time next week, you'll be next time this time next week, you'll be painting up Serbs, won't you? Having realised that you need them to make the Ottomans work properly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. Well, I'll, I'll just some badger Serbs in the nights. Yeah. All right, King King Badger. What are you painting this week? <laughs> Um, I'm going full on Dremel and uh, drilling various things because hopefully my uh, Spanish knights will turn up and I can uh, drill out hands and uh, now I've got it charged up and I didn't manage to uh, drill through myself for one week. Obviously, I'll do it this week. Um, so I'll be finishing off those um, that, and uh, able to get my uh, Spanish badges on the table. Is that the Donington figures that you're waiting for? Or is it? Or... Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So do you I've know they're started. on their way? Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I dropped a uh, line to Damien, so hopefully I, I should have them sometime this week. And uh, um, a quick um, spray, uh, non-gold for once, yeah. and uh, they'll be uh, looking pretty good. If I remember correctly, some of his um, knights, ha the spears or the, the lances come with tiny little discs that you yeah. can kind of put over the lances so that it gives you a, a plate. Yeah, hand plates. Hand plates or whatever oh, they right. are, yeah. Van plates. Van plates, there you go. Van plates, yeah. That's a proper little thing. So there's an extra bit of detail there that you don't get on um, on many, but you use them on proper wire spears. So okay. I'm going to be looking up various dodgy uh, military orders in uh, Spanish and uh, trying to pick one that uh, didn't have a too dodgy history, yeah. like some of the other military orders <laughs> yeah. have. Many if you look did. too deep. Yes, indeed. So yeah. just, 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 just you just to be to Google Spanish orders who didn't burn anyone. Yes, it's a very short Results, results no zero. <laughs> yeah. Adam, what's what's on your painting table? You've got some shields to finish, you said. And um, is that the main well, project? I, there's there's two answers to this question. The first answer is um, what I want to do because um, I've got these shields to finish, and then um, want to go on and do some Roman legionaries because usually I um, always change what I'm doing. So I'll do two. I've got two at least two separate projects on the go at once so I don't get bored. But I'm quite pleased with getting these 28 mil Romans done. So what I want to do is carry on with that and get some legion sheets done. But the other answer to this question is what my wife's telling me that I'm going to paint, and that will be my children's bedrooms. Hey. Right. Okay. <laughs> You'll be going I with thought the broad you brush say approach. Paint children. Yeah. <laughs> Go with the broad brush approach, potentially. So, Andy, what, what do you've got um, this week? More, more questions about what brush to use on an elephant? Um, no, I've, I've, I've just gone through it with the elephant. I've, I've more or less finished the elephants now. Um, and I'll be moving on probably to camels. Um, because I, I, I did take to heart what Adam said a couple of weeks ago, although I was thinking about it anyway. And I had kind of run out of 15 mil projects to do, but I ordered some more stuff from War and Empire. So I've got various little filler in bits, including the Thracians, of which I've forgotten. I already had two bags. Um, uh, I've got some more Norman knights for dismounts, um, camels, um, one or two other bits. So that'll keep me entertained for a little while. Sorry, Andy, I realised I was probably there, but what did I say a couple of weeks ago? 
I said something. Oh, oh, I, probably, oh. I, I said I probably won't paint any more fifteen mil figures for a while, and you said go wash your mouth out. Oh, <laughs> that sounds like you. I'm, I'm not offended. I mean, it was just it was just a. Uh, um, yeah. You know, it, 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 the, the comet hit home, and I thought, well, you're obviously right, so I better do that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, I think this week for, for me, it's going to be starting painting horses, which is just that first boring bit of slopping on colour, um, mm. trying to keep it sort of watered down a little bit so that it, it gets some texture onto it across an enormous number of horses. And then going through that ever ending, never ending debate of do I rebase my Arab saga army? and mold it in with all these other ones because I can't remember the last time I ever played Saga or do I not? Because then that would only leave me with Vikings for Saga. If I play Saga and that's a bit boring, um, even though the Arabs aren't very good, they're just different and it would suddenly render all of my Saga books entirely pointless. Um, well, I could, so, uh, well, if we ever got, got together, I could lend you a Saga army. I've got uh, Anglo Danes. I've got the Irish now and I've got Vikings. Or Tim. But I've got Vikings and Arabs, um, so I kind of, you know, I, th I think I'm leaning on keeping them because painting Arabs is quite fun. And Tim, you've got a saga army ready, keep it. You're painting exactly. Arabs, just paint a few more, you lazy yeah. sod. It's whether I buy some metal ones for extreme extreme cost I mean, or whether I buy another box of the plastics. Where else are you going to go? Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, we're not going out anywhere at all. So lockdown isn't quite finished yet. We're not, we're not flying around the world doing anything... Um, anything glamorous on the gaming front at all and, and then simon what about you what's what's your painting this week to wrap us up oh sorry uh, no not quite to wrap, us up. To wrap yeah. us up we'll finish with tamsin yes of course tamsin gives you a very stern yes, look there. indeed very hard um, stare yeah for me simply six mil modern british oh that's your um plucking plucking hairs out of a toothbrush yeah, basically yeah and i'm, I'm also the toothbrush um, of war yep and i'm scaringly getting down to the bottom of the pit i'm down to after this, I've got some crossbowmen, so I can see some uh, orders happening shortly because, you know, lockdown okay. can continue. Need to buy some more troops. Don't well, know what, but... 20, 28 mil is the way forward. That's my theory. And, and, and so, sorry, almost accidentally forgot, even though you, you know, it wasn't deliberate because you beat me four to one on the army list choice and pointed out my list was illegal. Um, so, Tamsin, you're, you're getting on to some figures this week, I think. Yeah, I've got a couple of figures, as I said earlier, got a couple of figures on on the workbench, which will be starting tomorrow. Uh, there for Judge Dredd. I say, I say there's a, a sort of a, a gang ganger on a bike. Two two people on grav surfboards. Also got a sort of a passed out hobo. Right. Okay. A drunken person. And oh, and there's a there's a chimp pillion rider for the biker. Well, everybody oh, needs what? a chimp pillion rider, don't they? Yep. Every proper biker, yeah. I think. And let's turn close. Then I've I've got probably get a cut. I if I get if I get to Halfords, get get some more white white primer. I'll be working on a couple more buildings. Okay. Uh, I've also placed orders. Last couple couple of days, I've placed orders for figure figures for infamy infamy. Ah, right. You did get drawn in. Having read the rules, you um, yeah, got more tempted. Yeah, in fifty. So I just do it in fifteen millimeter, and so the base base of figures, so that I can also use use them for ADLG. Okay, all right, put them all That's together. Fine. Brilliant, excellent stuff. All right, well, I think on um, on that note, you know, a new scale, a new rule set, um, a new set of painting to to move us on. That's a very good thing. Well, this was this is week number eighteen, I think, as we said at the beginning. 
And um, so that means we're within a couple of weeks of hitting 20 as, as lockdown does gradually start to ease. So, so I suspect maybe one of the other things for us all to do is over the next couple of weeks is, is perhaps do a quick inventory of everything that we've um, painted up over the last 20 weeks of lockdown. And, and in episode number 20, um, the one after next, we'll kind of do a recap session on, um, on what we've actually what we've actually gone through and just see if we can actually remember and count all the different units and things that have, that have snuck in. Now, uh, now, the important question, will this episode be passed on to our wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, other halves or other significant uh, managers of the budget? Because it look, could get embarrassing. Simon, no, one's, <laughs> no one listens to this. I don't think, you know, they, never mind anybody you know. I think we're all safe on that one. Yeah. No, um, one that's going to, no one that's going to grass this out. No, but I think we're all safe on that one. And um, as, as we gradually start returning to face-to-face gaming as well. Well, so. my wife would say, look, if he's painting, I know where he is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in, in the kitchen, I can see. Yeah. We know where you are as well. That's the answer. So, um, look, on that note, um, we've got another couple of weeks to count this stuff up then as we get towards number 20. So thanks, um, everybody, again. Thank you for listening. And um, as you stay safe out there, and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 point don't forget tchaikovsky 1812 overture the 1812 overture yes i mm. suppose that's the only upside isn't it i perhaps just play out music on this segment possibly yes we'll, we'll look forward to the 1812 overture and war and peace and war and peace um or war and beatty